This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Comic Book Click at tpublic.com. Visit tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click to get exclusive one-of-a-kind merchandise including shirts, stickers, and phone cases all designed by us. Get your hands on the latest and greatest in comic book merchandise by going to tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. Everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, and that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by Comic Book Click, and as always, I am never alone. Sir, please introduce yourself. I am Dan the Comic Book Man, everybody. Dan the Comic Book Man is here, and we are here for you. We are here to talk all things D23 and get to the bottom of the family court drama that is Sony and Disney uh, fighting over... Spider-Man, man. That that's been the big news. Uh we wanted to wait to the absolute last minute. We're recording this on a Tuesday to come out on Wednesday. Usually these episodes are recorded way uh well not way in advance, but you know, with some time. But we wanted to make sure that the very latest and greatest things that came to all the news that came out of uh D23 and Spider-Man came out. So um I think I think we I think we waited long enough no, to, I, to, to be silenced on, yeah. on what's been going on here. Um, but I, I wanted to front load this with good news, optimistic news <laughs> in terms of Marvel, um, and in terms of the MCU, because we had a, so much great news came out at San Diego Comic-Con, right? About like, um, Falcon and Winter Soldier and Black Widow. Yeah, well, like and, all the Disney Plus shows and, and uh, was, Marvel's next phase. Yeah. Um, phase four came out swinging and we thought that that was it. But yearly, or is it bi? It's bi yearly. It's twice a year, right? The D twenty three. I think it's bi yearly. Yeah. Um, Disney has their own um, <laughs> like fan expo in which they like to announce their own little secrets. So you could always almost um, depend on further news to happen every time they do one of these expos. And people were already talking early on about what could possibly be revealed. Um, I guess we can talk really quickly that the, one of the other big things that was revealed was all the Star Wars stuff that they, uh, that they, they revealed the trailer for, um, uh, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Mandalorian. They they revealed the trail for Mandalorian and they've confirmed that they're going to do their Obi-Wan spinoff movie, um, with Ian McGregor. Also, they have, um, they're bringing back the Clone Wars. For another season, and people loved that. Show. Oh, I I grew up with the Clone Wars. Really? It was it was a great bridge between Episode Two and Episode Three. And a lot of um, extended universe stuff is not being used; like they're throwing it away. So to know that they're keeping stuff like Clone Wars and Rebels, I think is really really cool. Um, but yeah, man, people are going crazy over what they think they see in that Star Wars trailer. Um, I don't think everything that's shown is exactly what is gonna be is gonna happen. Uh, maybe that's a Marvel thing that's, that's got me feeling that way. Uh, but probably because uh, ever since uh, Star Wars went under Disney, they have like these Disney esque trailers. Yeah, where it's usually they'll give you like two teaser trailers, and then by the third trailer, everything is shown. Everything yes, is revealed. The bigger stuff, right? Um, and Star Wars is such a massive 
project, it's such a massive film that it's hard to do anything without people knowing or getting hip to it. Um, but we we're pretty close. It comes out in December, um, and I'm excited. I'm more so excited to see the narrative shift because of how crazy people were about um, Last Jedi. Yes, so many like conflicting arguments. I, as a creator myself, I'm gonna be very interested in how uh, franchise shifts from well, due to uh, fan backlash. And this is the end of the saga. Like the actual the, the Skywalker saga, the whole, no, the it, whole yeah. like original Star Wars saga that started yeah. well, in the seventies. That's 70s. why I call it the yeah. Skywalker. Yeah, saga, I, no, because you're not wrong Anakin with it. to from Luke to Ant, yeah, Anakin, Anakin to Luke, and then whoever, whatever the rise and of the Skywalker. Technically, is. the next Skywalker is Kylo Ren because yes, he's both right. a Skywalker and a Solo. That's true. So like, yeah, no matter what, there's always a Skywalker in this story that's prevalent throughout. Right, and that was kind of my that's kind of what I didn't like about it, like Rogue One. Went pretty far without having a Skywalker in it until you get the Vader <laughs> appearance later on in the film. Um, well, you can even say that even if, even though Vader wasn't in Rogue One a lot, just the fact that he existed was a big deal for that story. Yeah, and you know, um, th- we are constantly being told, and I wonder if it's almost because you know, once Star Wars disappeared for a bit, that's almost when the fandom got the hypest because. Everyone was able to talk about the books and get really deep on everything that was going on in between each film. Yeah, we didn't have a Star Wars for 10 years. Yes. Our last Star Wars was um, 2005. And, and then before then, we didn't have one until the 80s. So, yeah. That's well, a- that was, it was, what was it? I think it was like 84 was Return, was Return of the Jedi. And then like 99 was uh, Phantom Menace. Right, so right. there was still at least a good 15 years between them. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure on the years, but there was, yeah, you know, 15 years is a long time for a sequel or, you know. So, um, my thing with is if this Star War has existed for, you know, for a very long time, or at least throughout Vader's reign, not everybody's a Jedi. And so when I saw Rogue One, I was like, oh, this is, this would be a cool exploration of other planets where people are not Jedi, but they're trapped in this war between the rebels and the, um, Imperial. Yeah, that's why they call it a Star Wars story. Right. And I'm down for those Star Wars stories. I don't want. Skywalkers and Obi-Wans. And, yeah, I would like an Obi-Wan TV show with Ewan McGregor, but it's like, yeah. I want to see what you can do once you're done with episode nine. But then they just threw another Jedi. They just threw Vader in there. <laughs> so I was like, so we're back to the Jedis. And please, any of these upcoming projects, after all this is done, can you please, please try to cast somebody who is not a young, Caucasian, raven-haired <laughs> uh, 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 protagonist? Because they like, they really, really dig the no-nonsense, tough, young Caucasian girl who won't take nothing and is here to show everybody what's, what's, what's going on around these parts. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what other uh, cool things they'll have cooking up under there. What, do you, what are you excited for as far as Star Wars is concerned? Honestly, Mandalorian. I've been waiting for the Mandalorian. Because what it was, it was, I think it was like when Disney originally bought Star Wars... They were dropping like uh, stuff that's going to be in post in pre-production. Like, oh, this is what we're expecting to have. This is what we're expecting to do. And Mandalorian Wars was the original title that they were working on. Nothing was set in stone, yeah. but they did drop that we wanted to work on a Mandalorian War I feel movie. like they've been talking about the, the, that Mandalorian project for years. Forever. For years. Yeah. Dude, that so, and the Obi-Wan Solo bo- So both of those are going to yeah. be the most like highly expected of them. And I saw the trailer to The Mandalorian. And I I dig it. Looks like movie quality stuff. The thing is, it takes place between the years of Return of the Jedi and a new hope, not new, uh, Force Uh, Awakens. Awakens, Yeah, Yeah, so it's going to be everything about uh, a certain the Mandalorian planet 
during the fall of the empire and, and how there's like no bounties and how they're gonna have to try to figure out uh, you know what is a bounty hunter do when there's no bounties out there you know when the the scum isn't out there like they should be but i think that's incredibly interesting and we'll see what they do uh how they write the ship and what the next thing of the ship will be because i think just like marvel once um rise of skywalker is finished a lot of people are going to be asking the question we always ask which is what's next yeah, and I don't even know what up. they're going to do because this time it's not going to be anything Lucas. This isn't going to be a George Lucas story. This right. is going to be whatever Disney wants to do. From scratch. So yeah. you could have a whole new fresh of character. <laughs> Good or bad, you're going to yeah. have a whole fresh crop of characters. I say they should go towards the comic books because I read uh, an issue of Vader's. I read an issue of Boba Fett, and they're actually really good comics. I can't even lie. I mean, honestly, I, if it was me... There would have been a Vader movie before the Solo movie, before even Rogue One. Like, and you could have had Hayden Christensen do it. You know, like it was, I don't think he was a bad Vader at all. Like, but that's just me. I'm a but, very but, like regardless of whether or not he was good or bad, he is Anakin Skywalker, right? Yeah, so you no. might as well. If you didn't like that portrayal, connect him with the only thing you do like, which is the Vader part of it. You know what I'm saying? So, or like, even so, do Vader inside his suit. And just have someone voice. Well, you have the uh, moments where he takes off his suit and he's in like the back of the tank and he's like trying to heal or whatever he, chemical burns stuff that he's dealing with the, the lava. Because um, he's like missing an arm and both his legs or something like that, right? Uh, he no. The thing is, he's missing all four limbs because okay. he originally got his arm cut off in episode in the battle two with the higher ground. Yeah, <laughs> you know, before the battle of the higher ground, he always had a his left arm was always mechanical because yeah. Dooku cut it off. Yeah, and then yeah, then he lost both his legs and his only other arm. So now he's all limbless. Yes, everything's cut off at the bone. So he's like a quarter robot, quarter android, or whatever. Yeah, basically, yeah. he's like like at least thirty five percent robot. Yeah, Especially and considering how strong he was without real fingers. That, that shows you Oh, how, yeah. He was always how, one of the right. most powerful Jedi. Well, anybody to wield a lightsaber, Anakin was yeah. not and to mess with. I mean, we got a little bit of a taste of that in Rogue One, too. So I guess that's good, right? A little bit of the... Yeah, that's the actually funny because my father always said that um, Anakin... Once Anakin was put inside that Vader suit, he lost all of his talent and all of his, like, lightsaber skills. Oh, yeah. And then when I saw Rogue One and he was just ripping apart that hallway... that stupid fight with him and... uh. What's his face? Obi Wan, but those, they're two old dudes tapping sticks. And one ain't got no, yeah, one ain't got no knees. So <laughs> <laughs> that that would uh, do that. Um, but yeah, besides Star Wars, and how do you think Emma, Amelia Clark did in um, Han Solo? Did you see Solo? I I did see Solo. I totally forgot that that was Amelia Clark because the things I saw Solo before I was a Game of Thrones fan. Ah, uh, okay. So everything that I all these actors that were in Game of Thrones, I saw them in stuff Finn before Jones. I, Finn Jones, oh, especially. I, thought, yeah. I saw them in things before Game of Thrones. So then when I became a fan of it, I had to go back and see what they used to do, and I totally forgot Amelia Clark played Sarah Connor in the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah, she was in Solo. I forgot the movies that yeah. she did. Yeah. Um, but she's not the only one. That's attaching herself to a big franchise because along with Gemma, Gemma, Gemma Chan, I'm saying that wrong. Gemma Chan. Oh, that's definitely Gemma because that's how they spell that actress's name. In, uh, <laughs> and Sons of Anarchy. along with Gemma Chan, Kit Harrington. And he wanted to be in MCU too. And the MCU. Well, the rumor has it he went through like a really big depression after Game of Thrones. Yeah, I heard he went through like alcohol, alcoholism um, and rehab. And what's funny is I was doing a deep thinking not deep dive i should have done more research but i was actually trying to just look through the rolodex in my mind and i was thinking i think out of the whole crop of cast the one that's doing the best is um peter dinklage yeah, well peter dinklage was and established he was yeah he, he was, was established before acting. game of thrones yeah and he was always acting so um you know amelia 
is doing her, her due diligence. She's doing her role. Well, she's if trying you to know act. about her. She had aneurysms on set oh, of, of well. Game of Thrones. So like, yeah. so she tends to take it easy more with the acting now that the show is done. I can't blame her. Sansa. Uh, oh, poor Sophie. Poor Sophie Turner. Was, poor Maisie uh, Williams. All yeah. of them are getting nothing Maisie good. Maisie Williams was in, uh, is in New Mutants whenever that comes out. Um, it's like July of next year or yeah, something. Yeah, and then Sans, um, Sophie Turner, who played Sansa Stark, played Jean Grey in the abomination that was the Dark Phoenix film. You can but, listen to it or not on our previous episode yes. of Major Issues. But um, now, yeah, we'll have uh, Chan is going to play Cersei of the Eternals while Kit will That's bring... hilarious. You oh, kept Cersei? saying you kept saying Cersei in the because yeah. you hit me up like I woke up as soon as I saw your your messages. Yeah. So you kept saying Cersei, Cersei, Cersei. I'm like, why is he saying Cersei? Is it did, did Lena Headley get a <laughs> yeah, right, get a role? Yeah, like, I wonder if Lena Headley no, got a role. A different Cersei, I guess, of the Eternals. While Kate Harrington will bring Dane Whitman to life. Dane Whitman is known as the Black Knight, and uh, Gemma Chan was actually in Captain Marvel. She was Minerva. Do you have you seen Captain Marvel? Uh, yeah. She's the one with the shaved. She was oh. like the alien chick on the Cree. Okay, okay, now I know. Gang. Yeah. Which, they, I all mean, look, they all look the same. She but... was plastered in makeup, so uh, you can play two people in the MCU officially now. This is this is the official first person I'd want to say to play two different people uh, in the MCU. I might be wrong. Well, unless you want to count um, uh, Paul Paul Bettany. See, the playing... problem with Paul Bettany was he wasn't playing two different characters in a, in a logical sense. The yeah, character was the just downloaded into a, a body. A, a yeah. body, yeah, yeah, basically. Right. It's Jarvis's conscience in a new body. But um, uh, Kate will be playing, uh, bringing to life Dane Whitman. A lot of people may not know who Dane Whitman is, but he's known as the Black Knight. And the thing is, I always knew about this character because he always showed up in like comics, and he was in like all the video games. But I was always like, what is his deal? So I did some searching for you guys, the listener, and I found out that um, the character Dane Whitman uh, debuted in Avengers number forty-seven in December of nineteen sixty-seven. So that's what. Jesus, that's like 50... Almost coming on 60 years. years. Yeah, because my grandmother was born in 62, so... Almost close to 60 years. Um, the first Black Knight goes as far as King Arthur when Sir Percy of Scandinavia was the first wielder of the Ebony Blade, a magical weapon forged by Merlin himself that renders the user invulnerable but will also drive them into madness if the blade is used for bloodshed. Um, as the first Black Knight, Sir Percy played both an unassuming and mild-mannered man about town while secretly fighting evil in the 6th century, becoming one of the bravest knights of all time. After he passed his ancestor, I'm sorry, after he passed, his ancestor, Nathan Garrett, was visited by Sir Percy's ghost and given a chance to become the second Black Knight, but he failed to draw the ebony blade. Uh, furious at the idea that he could be deemed unworthy for his own birthright, Nathan became obsessed. Um, he created all his, his, he created his own sword out of pure plasma energy and, and rode like a Pegasus-like creature that he oh created himself. God. Um, just, but I, you know, he, he really felt like he should have been the next Black Knight. Um, but he ended up dying in a fight against Iron Man. Right before he died, he confessed his crimes to his nephew, Dane Whitman, played by Kid Harrington, um, and asked him to restore his honor to the Black Knight title. Dane tried his best, but soon caught the attention of the Avengers, who thought it was the return of the villainous Black Knight of the past. The mister- misunderstanding was soon dealt with, and Dane became a trusted ally and an Avenger himself. He was able to wield the Ebony Blade, but because of its past misdeeds, it caused Dane to go crazy until Doctor Strange was able to help. Dane was also a member of Captain Britain's MI-13, a team of superpowered UKers who protect and serve their country. 
and Kit Harrington's gonna be playing that guy. Uh, that, that's just a that walk in the park like, for him. Yeah, that's, that sounds very Game of Thrones. That, no, uh, that that's literally like a, a whole Game of Thrones storyline right the name there. What's story in Game of Thrones? Uh, Longclaw. Okay, because it uh, it was first a blade that was owned by a, a man whose sigil on his house was a bear. Okay, so he took the pommel. It was a bear on the pommel, and he took it off and he p- replaced it for a dire wolf. Okay, that's uh, Kit Harrington's house sigil. Yeah, so his blade is Longclaw, and it's made of. Valyrian steel, which is basically yeah. a magical, a magical blade that's right, right. A, a, a blade that was made by like dragon fire and it's, spells. It is dragon fire, yeah, it was right. forged I've, I've by dragon sp- fire and spells. Oh, so this is right off his alley. Literally, like, literally, he's not even gonna have to like. And in switch. black, <laughs> like that was his color. <laughs> like he's not gonna have to switch at all. He's just gonna be like, okay, I'm under Game of Thrones. I'm the, under Game of Thrones. They can just take the residual footage and put uh, <laughs> and put uh, Marvel background down, put him in a galaxy or whatever. Um, what's interesting though is I didn't find much, but I did find that. So I, I didn't find much on Cersei without going into the whole Eternals thing. And I think we should do a, a separate podcast on that because the Eternals um, lore that they're going to be putting the most from is from Neil Gaiman's run. A very Ooh, prominent, a Gaiman run. Yeah, a very prominent comic book writer. So I'm interested in covering that run and seeing you know what we can, what connections we can have. But from what I saw, Cersei and um, Dane date. Um, so maybe that's why they announced them together. I'm just, I'm, honestly, I'm just so happy that Kit Harrington is getting a, is getting an MCU run because I remember it was, it had to have been like last year, a year and a half ago. Yeah. I was, I saw an article where he was like, I really want to be in the MCU one day. Like, I just want to, yeah. Doesn't matter who they have me for, they can have me play whatever small role. I just want to be a part of that MCU life. And now that he's getting a, an Avenger to play, yeah, that's also, just awesome. And with the topic that we talk about later, it also shows when one door closes, another opens, right? Yeah. Because but uh, you gotta you gotta play well, equivalent play exchange, play. man. You excited though for uh, Kit Harrington? I'm excited for the whole Eternals as a project because I don't know that much about the Eternals, so yeah. I gotta I want especially like, if they're crazy. pulling from a like, game and run. I like yeah. game and especially well not I don't really care for miracle. I know I know the man. biggest thing was <laughs> I know the biggest thing was his um, that uh, Eternals were created by the Celestials. Um, and they, there's also a group called the Deviants, which are like, like the Celestial, I mean, the Eternals are always born like gorgeous with pretty powers and the Deviants are always born like, uh, what do you call it? Not defective, but, um, imperfect, <laughs> uh, disfigured and imperfect. Um, and somebody, what I thought was interesting is that somebody who has the Deviant gene is Thanos. So maybe it all comes back around at the end of it. But, um. We also had some new shows announced for Disney Plus: Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, and She-Hulk. Oh, I'm so foaming at the mouth for a She-Hulk show! Like, oh, just give it to me, please. I love it. Yeah, I want the She-Hulk stuff. I really think Miss Marvel is gonna do some good. And they're uh, pull- and they're pulling Kamala Khan, right? Yeah, yeah. I I found an actress that I like, that was actually in a, um. She did a uh, what's that show? Cause I know I wrote it down. Hold on. <laughs> it was a uh, Dilshad Vasaria. Uh-huh. And how, she, how old is she? I think she's like in her, her late 20s. Okay. She was in a show called DC's Freedom Fighters The Ray, which is part oh, of the Arrowverse. I've seen that. That's in um that's an animated show yeah. on CW Seed, I want to say. Yeah, because it, it falls under the Arrowverse. Yeah, so because they have it's still those ca- it's cuz The Ray's on another Earth, Earth X, which that Earth had a crossover on the CW network when The Flash and Arrow and all of them went over there. So that show takes place over there, and I oh, so that actually yeah, and she played this uh, she played this character called um, Phantom Lady Jenna Knight, Jenny Knight. Yeah. So when I saw her, I was like, oh, perfect, 
she's she's a Pakistani American actress. She's in her late twenties, and she has familiarity with uh, comic book projects. I also wonder how young they're gonna go. That too, yeah. Because another good choice, I would have picked um uh Amber Rose Riva from Punisher. Yeah, Madani, great actress. Um, uh, but I think they might be going young because, for the most part. Miss Marvel's kind of a fangirl. So let's talk about Miss Marvel real quick. So inspired by her favorite hero, Carol Danvers, Kamala Khan, a.k.a. Miss Marvel, is an inhuman and is Marvel's first Muslim character to headline their own comic book. So that's huge. You know, she came out in uh, like in Captain Marvel number 14, August 2013. So that was six years ago. So it's... Damn. So as of six years ago, there's a Muslim-led comic book. <laughs> I feel like it took a little bit of a time, but it got there. Um, yeah. Kamala was born with a dormant in human gene. And when you're born with a dormant in human gene, all you need is to be exposed to pterogen mist. This mystical mist that uh, awakens the dormant powers in you. And so when she was exposed to pterogen mist, she becomes a superhero with the ability to embiggen Dan, a word that did not exist until a couple years ago. Embiggen. Uh, yes. Sounds like it was made it's, up. It's, uh, it, yes, it, that's exactly what it is. The first time I ever heard it was in The Simpsons. Um, it's 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 like a quote from Jedediah Springfield. He says, like, the smallest whatever will embing in the heart of man or something like that. But they even Lisa's like, that's not a word. Why would they? And it's like, shut up. He's, he said it. And so she always says it. She always says embiggen. And now it's in the dictionary. Um, she can, she's like, she can shapeshift her entire body, uh, make parts of her body huge, big punches, big feet, big, grow really, really tall. Whatever size she needs to be. Um, what also is really cool about her is she's a Marvel fangirl and a member of the Champions, a team of newish heroes like Nova and Miles Morales. And I think introducing Kamala brings in another level of representation because um, the character has grown immensely popular since her debut, especially among young girls. Oh, especially if, if, if it's your first Muslim-led superhero yeah. and it's getting us. Like, even if it's not a silver screen, it's still going to be represented somehow. And I think everybody's going to buy the Disney+. Plus. Yes. I also think what's cool about her is that if you if you play your cards right, if you can make her cool, then you also make fangirling over Marvel cool. Basically, yeah. Right? And so if she's if she is portrayed as a fangirl, then she makes it cool to be a fan of Marvel and thus you create more female fans of Marvel. Which is what they wanted. That's what they're doing with Black Widow for. That's what they do that did Captain Marvel for. They're trying to let people know that it's not a boys' club. The issue is, is as you've seen with Manning the comic book click Facebook, it's hard to get <laughs> yeah. women from comics into movies and TV shows because yeah. then you have idiots that say, oh, that, why do you have to turn everybody into a female character? Well, why can't we point, just stay male characters? There was a point in time in which no character that wasn't male wasn't deemed a valuable IP, right? Because even with the decades upon decades of DC movies that we have, we got our first Wonder Woman movie like two years ago. Yeah. You know, and the first Batman movie takes place four decades ago, roughly. Yeah, yeah dude. Forty-five yeah, Batman years had, ago. Batman and Superman had TV shows in the forties, and so that, and you know, Wonder Woman had her show, but they they never really gave female characters anything. And now that they are, people are thinking that they're creating these characters whole cloth, which makes no sense. A lot of these characters have been around 
um, majority of the characters that we're talking about have been in the Avengers or met the Avengers or fought alongside the Avengers. And if because the problem is the, the movies, some movies that's the problem. Everybody watches these comic book movies and they don't read the comic books itself. The that is, they don't understand where it's coming from. If you're open to the idea of the movies, why can't you just be open to this new? project maybe people just don't want to read the movies are going to educate you in a way you didn't know so just let these shows educate you and tell you that you i always point to the same thing guardians of the galaxy no one made up their mind about that because no one knew what the hell they were and then they educated you on why you think they should be cool and they were cool so just give them time now you got a whole them... rocket annihilation peter quill like a star lord annihilation you have this yeah. whole bunch of different like properties that you could read and digest in like Hours to days. Yeah. You know, it's beautiful. Yeah. And so you got to look at the actual value. Um, when I was looking at these shows, besides Moon Knight, you know, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, um, later we didn't talk about Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. A lot of female-led roles, different um, different races, different cultures. They're really setting, they're really throwing a wide net. Um, I think once you make, what, through close to $3 billion on a film, you can start really looking at the holes that you've missed um, in your representation. Especially that $3 billion film had different representations for each kind of demographic. Yeah. You had, you had not only did you have women, but you had women of color in one fight scene. Yeah. You, you had aliens, you had everything. But now think everything. about it. Thor, Love and War, or Love and Thunder? Love and Thunder. Love it. Uh, Natalie Portman as Thor, Valkyrie returning, you know, as, as, as the first on-screen same See, that's the sad superhero. shit about the Natalie Portman becoming Thor is that Tarot, like, Takia Watiti had to go on Insta, uh, Twitter and tell people, hey, Confirmed. listen, she's yeah. not Thor. She's a Thor. Like, yeah. there's that, we're still going to have the the Chris Hemsworth Thor that you know. It's just she's another Thor. I'm like, why does that need to be explained? People just people just get on Twitter and at people to death until they're, they are forced into submission and forced to reveal some things. It's terrible. I hate it. Um, but, yeah, I think that these characters... Um, they're gonna. I they, not everyone's gonna dig it. You know, it is what it is. But I'm open minded. What do you uh, think? Who would you like to see as a uh, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, and Moon Knight? As who to play them? Who to play them? Miss Marvel's kind of hard because she's young. Honestly, um, I and I don't know many young Muslim actresses. If I went for She-Hulk, honestly, I, you know, Boss Logic kind of had it on the money. I think Rosario Dawson would kill it, but. I don't know. Well, I mean, if Cottonmouth is going to be Blade, then screw it, right? <laughs> Basically. Uh, Gina Carano, maybe, but she's not a great actress. To me, I said Gwendolyn Christie. Gwendolyn Christie? I have I have such a love for Gwendolyn Has Christie. Has she ever played somebody with long hair? I've never seen her with long hair. No, the only roles that I know is she's Captain Phasma in the right. Star Wars and, and no she's in Game of Thrones. Yeah, so, um, but she definitely has the height for it. She has the, It's not only the height, she has the stunt work. Yeah. She did a lot of her own stunts in Game of Thrones. She can okay. fight she, and she can act. She can give you emotional range. She can give you comedy. She can give you like anger. Like She has it in her yeah. to be a great actress. It's, if you're going to have – if you're at least have her painted green and be She-Hulk. If you want to cast another person for Jenna Walters – yeah. That's fine. Her, I think she would be great as She-Hulk. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about She-Hulk. Um, Jennifer Water, uh, She-Hulk debuted in the Savage She-Hulk, number one. I was like, why do you have to be the Savage She-Hulk? Uh, well, she came out in February 1990. Jennifer Walters is a successful and tenacious lawyer and the cousin of Bruce Banner. One day, Bruce decides to confide in Jen and reveals his secret that he is the Incredible Hulk. While the two are together, criminals working for someone Jen is prosecuting shoot her. Things quickly, uh, thinking quickly, Bruce gives Jen a blood transfusion, effectively transferring some of his gamma-tainted blood into his cousin. 
The criminals return and try to smother Jennifer in her hospital bed when she feels a sudden burst of rage and is instantly transformed into She-Hulk, the female counterpart of her cousin's alter ego. Some iterations of the character have her transforming due to rage, while in others, she has complete control of her transformation. That's the one I've seen before, that she has control over her transformation. And some, she likes to be stuck in She-Hulk form. In most cases, she is able to retain her ability to speak and her intelligence more so than her brutish cousin. She's a longtime member of the Avengers and is on the main Avengers team as of 2008 and still is a lawyer. 2018. And still is a lawyer. Still lawyers green with the, you know... Yeah, I was reading uh, one of the it's one green. of the one arrays. I think it was Runaway issue like eight or nine. Yeah, because uh, a bunch of uh, people were in the Runaways as uh, cameos, like uh, Cloak and Dagger. Yes, but so was She Hulk. And when they first like showed her, she was legit all green with her long hair in a business suit. Yeah, just, just walking down Manhattan. Like yeah. what? Super chill. Um, she's. I think there's a there's a one case where she gets into a thing with Daredevil as lawyers, Matt Murdock, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah. Well, is she a prosecutor or a defense attorney? She, no, she's a, I think she's a prosecutor. Then Matt's a defense attorney. That's, that makes, that makes sense. sense. Yeah. Um, that w- I would watch that. They gotta I bring don't them know. In. They gotta bring Dude, them in. I would, <laughs> why did, why did Netflix have to just, oh man. But that's why I like, like, like you said again, these are characters that while they all have their own series, um, because they're not what people would consider maybe a tier, a list, uh, Marvel characters, they're allowed to make cameos across the board. So it's really cool to read any title and then have a She-Hulk appearance, a Miss Marvel appearance, a Moon Knight appearance. It's really, really cool. But I think that that leeway is a little bit looser because they're not, maybe not in that high of a demand. Um, did you have a choice for, uh, oh, you said Gwendolyn Christie for She-Hulk. Yeah, Gwendolyn Christie for She-Hulk. Yeah, I think it, I think it'd be interesting. Um, we had a lawyer show. I think this is going to like, hinge on in between like the Jessica Jones, Daredevil, like it's going to find a sweet spot in between those two genres. Well, I'm a fan of stuff like that. Like when you can throw like those real life aspects into comic books, I think it's awesome. So one of the best scenes in Daredevil of the entire series was Frank Castle's trial. Yeah. That was one of the best scenes of that series. Like that trial was amazing. Yes, it was. And so if they're able to do this, like you can do this it would be really cool to see. I'm, I'm not even finishing sentences at this point. It'd be really cool to see um, her tackle cases, maybe still in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You understand? Like if uh, Bucky went a soldier thing, like maybe she has to get Bucky off for something. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe dude, you're not even lying. That's that stuff is crazy good. Yeah, just connect just it with somebody it. else and try have to try to get them off the hook for something that we know happened. And we know that they're not in the fault of, and it'd be really, really cool to see to see that work there. Like, just have like, have somebody just come up to like, to go to Jennifer Walters and say, "Hey, can you like a, uh, you know, the defend?" Uh, well, no, it's well, no, she's a prosecutor. I forgot, not a defense attorney. I hate lawyers. Uh-huh. I don't know. It's so confusing. Like, what are you doing? Are you gonna put us in jail? Or are you gonna keep me out of jail? Who are you? And why are you asking me questions? Can't talk. Don't talk to nobody until you speak to your lawyer. That's all I know. <laughs> right? um, and then we have Moon Knight. That's the one that people have been talking about the most because he has literally become a meme. There's a meme of him asking Dracula for his money. Have There's you seen a that? there is a whole meme just page meme universe. <laughs> yeah, just literally there's like a meme universe of just Moon Knight memes. Yeah. Where it's like every day I'm seeing a new Moon Knight meme and I'm just like, yo, this is this is great. You just see him like like stained white cloak full of blood, just just going up to just a prostitute. Hey, listen, you can't be here. Like those, yeah, those like memes yeah. like that. Like that's hilarious. And the main thing I knew prior to um, 
doing some research is that he was basically batshit insane. Oh, he's um, a he's a pill addict. Yes, and so after doing some research, I found out um, that Moon Knight was created as an antagonist to the titular character Werewolf. That's his name in Werewolf by Night. Uh, so he debuted in Werewolf by Night issue thirty two in nineteen seventy five, and like I said, like Black Knight debuted in sixty seven. This comes out in seventy five. She Hulk's in ninety. You know, Miss Marvel and Devil Dinosaur are all pretty new, but a lot of these other characters are old. And so when people are like, "Oh, what are they coming out?" These things have been around for decades. Um, yeah, yes. I think that's like the saddest thing about a lot of the like characters that are coming out that are confirmed. You're thinking they're, they're like only five years old, ten years old. It's like no. These people have been existing since my grandparents were reading comics. And as you learned what, with things like Mr. Miracle, all it takes is for a writer to be like, let me get that character and let me do something with him to put him, you know, to set him into the stratosphere. And the fact that they Marvel decided, like, things, again, to pull the same uh, reference. The fact that Marvel was like, hey, we want to do Guardians of the Galaxy and you, James Gunn, I want you to introduce those characters and show us that they're worth a damn. That's all it takes sometimes. So I'm really interested in seeing how this works because... Um, he only appeared in two issues, but his demand, his actual popular demand, caused him to come back and get his own title. Uh, Mark Spector was a mis- mercenary who accepted a job in Egypt working for a fellow mercenary, Raul Bushman. Raul Bushman. They stumbled upon a group of archaeologists who had just uncovered an ancient tomb, and Raul kills the head explorer, hoping to take the treasure they uncovered. Enraged, Spector and Raul fight, but uh, Raul... Oh, sorry, Spectre is nearly beaten to death and is left to die in the chilling desert night. Followers of the Egyptian moon god of vengeance, Khonshu, <laughs> discover him and carry him into their temple. Spectre's heart stops and his spirit is visited by Khonshu, who makes a deal with him. He can return to the mortal plane if he agrees to be Khonshu's avatar on Earth. How many, Avatars? Ca- how many characters are we going to get there? Like, I will bring you back to life if you decide to be my herald. Like, Basically, yeah, that's a lot of that. So much. Um, yeah, so he, he's like, yeah, I'm down with that. And he gets rev- revived and takes down Bushman and ends up bringing the statue of Conchu Conch- along with him back to America. And that's what grants him a lot of his strength. I hear his strength is based kind of on the moon, like it waxes and wanes, as they say the moon does, uh, which I think is interesting. But I think what's most interesting is that once he came back to America, he invested all his mercenary savings, granting him a small fortune. So he invested all his money. Got a small fortune out of it. And then he created an alter ego named Stephen Grant. So his name is Mark Spector and Stephen Grant? It gets worse. Oh, worse? Oh, no. Uh, He created an alter ego named Stephen Grant, who was a playboy millionaire. So his idea, you know, Grant was created with the logic being that as a socialite, he'll be able to get all the dirt on the other evil wealthy people. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Sit there, you know, you go to your galas and stuff. Hey, who? anyone dealing arms? (laughs) Anyone want to talk about dealing arms? Um, And so... That's cool, but my problem is my man Mark is a professional uh, perfectionist, and so he wanted to cover all his bases. So to ensure his ability to maintain seedier local connections and ties, Spectre created another alter oh, ego no. in cab driver Jake Lockley. So between his four personas, Spectre, Knight, Lockley, and Grant, Moon Knight is said to be incredibly mentally unhinged and suffers from multiple personality disorder. His immense, his immense wealth has granted him an impressive array of weaponry, including throwing crescent moons and a moon copter. And he's often joined by his pilot and best friend, Frenchie, on mission. Uh, copyright. Yes. So he seems to be like, well, he would have won, right? They, they would have won, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, he seems to be like a Batman, if Batman was, was uh, 
possessed by the Bat God, right? Like if if he. Well, played, he's about as crazy as Batman. Multiple yeah. personalities and all that. Just... Oh, but worse, I guess, or worse. So incredibly yeah. unhinged, um, and but he still fights for vengeance. You know, he has all kinds of weaponry, um, and I really want to see how they do that. I think he's gonna have a. It, they do it right. He'll have a dope costume. I don't think MCU ever faults on their costumes. I want um, if I could if I can pick who would play him. I guess. That was so hard for me. It'd it was be, so hard. It would be, and I'm spacing on his name. Me personally, I said Michael J. White. It was just after a while, I was like, I couldn't think of anybody else because I. It's like I have a bunch of those actors in my head, but their names were just being lost on me. So it was either between the actor that plays Mother's Milk in yeah. The Boys and Michael J. White, and I think Michael J. White would be dope as as a a hero. Finally. Get, what, any reason in particular why you are race swapping? Why am I race swapping? Well, because um, I mean it doesn't really matter. I don't. To be honest with you, I always thought Moon, Moon Knight was black. black. black, black. Hey, I don't mind. I, I always, I always thought Moon Knight no, was Moon black. No, Moon Knight's a white man. Uh, I did not know man. that. I I'd thought go, he was black. I'd go, I'd go Dan Stevens. But if not Dan Stevens, um, I liked, I really liked, um, the guy who played Benjamin Poindexter on Punisher. Ah, oh, I can't remember his dad. Or Russo. Um, oh, okay. No, I'm, lo- yo, I'm losing. Because the pro- problem is, is I- I'm starting to lose acting names. Like, the-, the more I get into movies, like, it's behind the scenes, the more well, I start learning thing. producers once, and directors. Once I put in the name Khonshu, something else leaves, right? I put in the <laughs> Egyptian card Khonshu, um, and yeah, that happens. I typed in Russo MCU, and I ended up getting um, the Russos. So that's not great. Uh, it's the actor's name is. It's coming. It's almost there. I'm almost there. Nope. <laughs> ben Barnes. Okay. Ben Barnes, I think, would be a great Moon Knight. Um, he's handsome, and he could be crazy. Uh, yeah. So I think I think that that does it. But I want to see the unhinged level. We've seen them get crazy in Marvel with crazy characters. Uh, stuff like Legion. If you've watched it, um. Uh, you've seen oh Legion they they they, they uh, was it Legion that's the one in the mental institution yeah yo it's crazy Mary Walker in um Iron Fist you know she wasn't all there and they played that I thought pretty I thought Typhoid Mary was I thought that was a good addition yeah pretty compelling the way how they play mental health and obviously you can't go you know you got to be a little bit sensitive to what's going on but also I want to see some of this stuff get crazy now it won't get too crazy Dan because it's been officially announced that no R-rated stuff will come. To um, Disney Plus, which means no boys' level of violence oh, man. or sexuality. Which uh, one step off the curb? You, you know, one step off the curb. We'll be covering that soon, so keep a lookout for that. But um, yeah, I I'm interested in these characters because they've gained popularity despite not being in media. You know what I'm saying? Like they've existed and been carried on from team to team or animated show or whatever. There's multiple different portrayals of every one of these characters we've named so far, but never got love in the movies. And now they're going to get their own series with movie-like budget, Disney budget, Disney money. There's that Disney money. Uh, Cash that Disney money. And that's going to be so much uh, greater. We also found out that an animated Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur show is coming to Disney I Channel. Even, I don't even want to know, but I want to know, so tell me more. I got you. Well, the thing is, the biggest thing to know about this is that it's coming out on Disney Channel, not Disney+. Plus. Oh, this is going to be... Literally straight to Disney Channel, which so means they want it. Knowing them, they'll probably throw it into the Ultimate Spider-Man world, probably. Yeah, yeah they want it uh, exclusively for there. So, I found out, this was the one I was the most curious about, because it's the one that's the most new. 
um, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur issue one comes out in November of 2015. So it was only four years old. That, that That's probably, part of that whole Marvel Now thing where they were just dropping yeah. new stuff. Well, yeah, but it turns out in, – in, in, a lot of what happens in Marvel and DC is that when they try to come up with new characters sometimes, they tend to go back into their history because why waste history? If you can, if you can make a, a meaningless comic somehow connected to the grand scale of everything in Marvel, go ahead and do so. And they kind of did because Di- Devil Dinosaur first made his appearance alongside his partner Moon Boy in Devil Dinosaur number one in 1978. Oh, so this is a gender swap for a new... Sort of, kind of. But the thing is... Moon Boy was an ape-like humanoid because Moon Boy and Devil Dinosaur existed on a more prehistoric Earth in another dimension. And so the whole thing was a rival tribe was trying to kill Devil Dinosaur by burning him alive. And it actually burned his skin red, this dinosaur. And then... No, you wrote Boy, turning his hide crimson. No, I don't, I, you need to... You need <laughs> you to... You more poetic? You need to say that because that's the funniest thing I've ever read that it you turned wrote. his hide crimson. You... T- <laughs> Um, oh, don't ever change, George. I won't. They become fast friends because he saves his life. And they fight the forces of good against the nefarious killer folk. Because everything's prehistoric. So they also, they're only fighting against like nefarious tribes of other cave people. And one of them is the killer folk tribe. One day they find the killer folk tribe and a portal opens, bringing Devil Dinosaur um, and the killer folk to present-day Earth and face-to-face with a new ally, Lun- Lunella Lafayette. Born with autism and exhibiting genius-level intellect, Lunella Lafayette, it's hard to say, always knew she was different. And this is still in the 70s? This is still no, 80s, no. basically? Or no, the portal opened up and brought, her, brought them to 2015. No, so, the, so this whole, that whole Moon Boy and, and Devil Dinosaur, they that whole arc was the in... the tribe in the 70s. And, and then the when 80s. they brought it to the 2015, that's They the, were still existing over there, and the portal opens up. And then brings and, the present day. Yeah, but doesn't bring Moon Boy. Just brings Devil Dinosaur and um, and that killer, tribe and the Killer Folk Tribe. I actually think that Moon Boy ends up dying, and his last wish is like to make sure that they don't get, they don't succeed or whatever. And so, um, unlike other nine-year-olds, Lunella likes to spend her time as an inventor, coming up with all sorts of wacky gadgets. I would call her like MCU's Inspector Gadget. All of it, bro. Spring skates, um, helicopter hats. The boxing glove, uh, whatever you call the it. Extend, extending the extending box. boxing glove thing. That's her jam. But she's nine. So it makes a lot of sense. Um, and she is, I think she, from last time I checked, she was the smartest character in Marvel. Smarter than everyone. No, I, I actually, I was, because I was looking up uh, intelligence. Because yes. someone was trying to have that argument that, um, what's her name? Shuri. Shuri could uh, outsmart Banner and uh, Fanta- Mr. Fantastic and all that. So I was like, let me see who's the smartest characters in Marvel. And actually, yeah. Moon Girl, L- man. Nelly Lafayette was part, was part of that uh, list. Nine, nine years old. Um, her wackiness and her IQ caused her to gain the nickname Moon Girl because her classmates felt she couldn't be of this earth. So every question that got asked to her, she had this long-winded answer, really intelligent answer. And they'd be like, all right, Moon Girl. You know, and, and so that kind of sucked. Oh, my God. That's like when I was growing up and I would daydream and people would call me Spaceman. Exactly. That, that would be my, my like, uh, like, superhero uh, name. What's face? Listen to our Umbrella of Academy uh, review <laughs> for more Spaceman. Um, her wackiness and – oh, yeah, that's how it's, uh, yeah, she got the nickname. She discovers an artifact called the Nightstone that transports Devil Dinosaur and the Killer Folk to her dimension. Devil immediately takes a liking to her, and their first adventure is trying to retrieve the Nightstone from the Killer Folk while bonding in an E.T.-like manner throughout the story. You know, that whole, like, I gotta hide you, and we gotta keep your secret oh, from the my, parents, and yo, all that Lord. there. Um, 
Lunella is also an inhuman. It comes to contact with the Terrigen Mist. Remember, like I told you with Miss Marvel? So she actually was terrified of getting touched with the Terrigen Mist because she knew she was born an inhuman. Um, but once it does uh, come in contact with her, her dormant powers uh, are awoken, and hers is to switch consciousness with the devil dinosaur. That's, at a nine, as a nine-year-old girl. That's sickness. And uh, but the thing is that her demeanor becomes much more feral as a result because she's literally taking over a dinosaur spot. So it's going to be an animated show. You know, I, I I think the rest of them are live action. The other ones we mentioned. Um, and so you know it's going to be cool, but. I think it's going to bring a lot of new readers in. She legitimately is on the spectrum, so that's huge, right? Um, I just wonder how they're going to handle it, though. Because I, I, I personally hope that they don't go to that extreme end of autism where she's, like, looking down or she doesn't talk well, she to she has it. to be able to... I think she's going to be Maybe able give to, her Asperger's like Abed. Yes. You know, like, if like Abed's on the spectrum. So if you can get a character that's like Abed in... Yes. I think that would be the best way to go about it. More respect, um, like have them like not know what social interactions are or what human emotions feel like, but make instead her... of diving into pop culture, she would be diving into like technology and and science. That'd be awesome because like then you could have her where she's like she doesn't have friends, so when she's out and about, she's not talking to anybody. But when she's home and she's in her own world, she can make anything and everything. That's pretty cool. And there's a timeless story there to be told with the whole. Um, you know, neither one of us fit in, me or this big ass dinosaur, and so we'll be each other's best friends because we really don't got no other friends. That's I been, wouldn't want to mess with a nine year old autistic kid with a dinosaur, with a devil dinosaur that big you can switch your consciousness with into? a hide of crimson red. Then my man has a hide <laughs> of crimson red. <laughs> um, there ain't much news on this, but we found out that Black Panther is coming out in May sixth of twenty twenty four, and I want to think since the MCU started, this might be the biggest gap between sequels. Hundred percent. This is like four years. Four, five, four. Yeah, four years. Because it came. Uh, Black Panther came out twenty eighteen, right? Or yeah. This is four years. It's gonna be like that's crazy. What I think is the most interesting is that it was moved from February to May. February it made over a billion dollars. I think it should stick with it with a February release month. Well, February made over a billion dollars, but I think that the most money that can be made is in the summer, and that's why they had their Avengers movies in the summer. Even True. Uh, Civil War so was maybe in the summer. They don't have anything on the slate. In 2020, Not, nothing that's as proven as the one billion dollar Black Panther. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's what that is there. So uh, they're going to be giving us that then. Um, anything on that? You know uh, Black Widow also has a release date. Um, What's that? That's next year, isn't it? Yeah, May 1st of 2020. May 1st. That's their summer movie. I guess they're trying to see what that garners. They're going to be having doing a lot of press. So if for that's that. the first MCU summer movie for Phase Four, then they're they're probably uh, testing the waters to see. If we're gonna go see a movie that doesn't have the main five or the main seven or whatever, exactly, I, I think we will. She's she's pretty well known though. Maybe maybe they're hoping that her well, star power because she's the first movie coming well, out. Well, Scarlett Johansson as a person has to stop shooting herself in her own foot by saying random things. It's not the saying of random things. She's taking roles away from other people that should have those roles. She tried playing a transgender in a movie, and they yeah they uncasted her for that. But it's like she's taking over um. Ghost in the Shell, where yeah. she was be- playing an Asian an Asian character. It's like you're shooting yourself in your foot by playing a demographic that every that they that they have good actors for. I looked it up myself. We have a lot of Asian American actresses that can play roles. We have a, these, we have Pakistani actresses or, or that can play roles. Like we don't need you to take every single role just because you know you can do it. I believe I that you can do that, it, but I think more so than that, it's it's them going. It's them thinking that if you put her on a poster, it sells the movie. That, that's that's what a lot of people's issues are, and that's what, because you gotta understand, like with the acting thing, sometimes you're getting approached by 
your agent with roles like hey they're looking for this they're looking for that you're not necessarily like no yeah most of the time you're auditioning hey you know (laughs) i want and so if she ain't right for the role that should actually come down to the studio like if you be confident say you want to be everything but it should be the studio that should be like nah you're good but we're not you're not what we're looking for you know i'm pretty sure um leonardo dicaprio could give us an amazing blade you understand (laughs) i'm pretty sure he could but that's just not the, the kind of character they're trying to portray in that film. And thus, I think that should be in the studio's hands. Natalie Portman almost shot herself in her own foot with that movie Annihilation, too. Because from what I hear from the source material, is, is it's, an, it's, an, it's an Asian character, yeah. I, like, I, I haven't I read the book yet. I but... literally just guessed that. I couldn't. No, yeah. yeah like, like um, Both the actresses that were in Annihilation, the original book source material I heard was they were Asian characters. So like, if you read the book and you know what the character is, then why are you still taking the role away from someone that could use it but that's just that's just how i feel i feel like if you want to continue to have this good faith and good will for mcu don't shoot yourself in the foot other places that aren't mcu that makes sense um we have john walker aka the u.s agent who making his first appearance in the mcu as played by wyatt russell kurt russell's son my god yeah that, that i think that's the son of not only kurt russell but also goldie hawn that might be uh, that I think that's Kate Hudson, Kate Hudson's brother. Oh wow! Because I know Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn were yeah a thing. Item. Yeah. Um, what's interesting about this is that I think initially, and I'm just trying to rack my brain, there was some thinking uh, going on months ago because John Cena had actually posted something about the U.S. agent. I saw, or I saw that. Yeah. Agent. And so a lot of people were thinking they were saying. That he could be playing the U.S. agent, and I, I guess they did cast the U.S. agent, so maybe that's speculation. Yeah, but anybody was that's seen on. Twelve Rounds of the Marine knows to keep him away. Maybe he came down, did the audition, and they just didn't dig him. Uh, but yeah, John Walker, the character, joined the military to honor the memory of his brother who died in Vietnam. After his discharge, he struck a deal with the Power Broker. That's the guy's name. He sells uh, superpowers, basically. My right? God. Yeah. That's He's, a drug dealer for you. Yeah, the Power Broker. Um, and so he struck a deal with him for superhuman strength and he became super patriot. But when Steve Rogers disillusioned by the acts of America relinquished his mantle of Captain America to become nomad, Walker picked up his shield and actively became Captain America. He was legit the Captain America. When Rogers returned to the mantle, Walker became U.S. agent and wore a similar costume to Cap, but with black replacing the blue in the color scheme. He was also a member of the West Coast Avengers and was trained by Taskmaster to replicate Cap's fighting style in every way. That's sickness, actually. Yeah. Because that's Taskmaster's ability, yeah. is being able to know your fighting style. Exactly. Um, so, th- he's, it's already been saying, said that he's in the antagonist. So, the way that I'm thinking that this is going to go is that while Bucky and Sam fight for the shield, or uh, as Sam himself, maybe by himself, wonders whether or not he's worthy of the shield... Um, the government will go out of their way to put out their Captain America. Well, I, I honestly, you know I hope that Bucky and Falcon don't fight over the shield. I, I, I really don't. I want... don't. I don't. When I say fight over the shield, I don't necessarily mean that it's because Bucky wants it. But it could be Bucky. It could be Bucky looking at this guy like you're not half the man that my best friend was, who created this whole moniker. No, that's I have to be on his side for that one because it's like you broke up the Avengers, you went on the run, you became a war criminal. For your best friend, give him the shield. But it's also if you look at like what how Sam has been and had his back yeah. for the movies that he was in. Nah, Sam, Sam deserves has a that. Clean record as well. 
Bucky's killed a uh, ton of people. Bucky but, killed a diplomat, man. But, like, you can't again, make him Captain America. More so than him wanting to be Cap, he may not just want um, Sam to be Cap. You know, or at least just have an issue seeing him in his best friend's role. Um, and like I said, I do think that maybe either, either through Zemo or just the government in general, the government will have their own... Um, Captain America in U.S. Agent, and he it'll be. I can of, I can see that one be make uh, more sense. Like uh, shield, like not shield or a Hydra infiltrated shield gives us a cap that's actually a bad guy. Bad. And you and you also go like, cool that he thought that you were good enough for that, but he's gone. So it's we're actually just our decision. Out, yeah. yeah, like we're actually, just uh, gonna pick one. Captain America name is owned by Shield. Right. Like uh, it'd be like if you were leaving a job and go, oh, and by the way, my friend could take this job when I'm. They'd be like. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Go ahead. Uh, we'll we'll call him. Basically, just yeah. make their own hire. So, um, I think that that's what's going to be there. Um, I don't know much about Wyatt Russell, but I have no idea either. No clue. No, I just know that if he's Kurt Russell's son, and if he's in his like late twenties, early thirties, then he's the half brother of Kate Hudson, and he's the son of Goldie Hawn and old Kurt. That also makes me believe that he could have um, probably played young Kurt Russell. In a biopic? It, no, in um, oh, in Guardians, in Guardians of, the of the Galaxy too. But I haven't seen him yet, so he might look, he might have all the horn in the face. You know, if he's, no. if he's all horned in the face, then you know that'll be it with that. Um, both Russells have played in the MCU now. Father and son have yeah. both had a role in the MCU. Yeah. Bro, MCU just makes family. They just bring people doing. together and they just that's make a it, family, that's man. That's doing, B. Uh, we have to go a little bit over onto the DC side. The Joker film officially receives its R rating and has like stellar early reviews. People are saying it's like a masterpiece. Um, they released these mini trailers, and there's gonna be a big trailer coming out. I want to say tomorrow. I got sold on one of the trailers. I can't even front. Was it him like, going in the fridge? No, it was. Did uh, you see that? No. There's a there's they have they have like six second trailers that aren't really anything. Like one of them well, is like just TV him. spots and stuff. Like like little teaser. Yeah, TV but I don't spots. think they go on TV. I think there might be like internet ads or whatever. And so, like, one of them is just him, like, doing that weird dance on the steps, dressed up like the Yeah. Joker. But one of them is him inside of a fridge, like, one of those big, old-timey fridges that have, like, Those the metal, industrial the big, fridges, like, in your school? Have, like, the metal... No, it's, like, a regular... The fridge at home, but it's it's just wide because of the olden times. Like, how the old TVs... I, I know exactly the kind of fridges boxy, you're talking about. Just, yeah. Kinda, has, like, that oval bubble exactly, thing sticking exactly, out, the yes. big metal handle. And so you see him open it. Step inside, close it. It doesn't close all the way, and then he shuts it closed. And then it just says Joker. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What is that? What does that mean? What's going on here? But I Robert De Niro, and there's another one with Robert De Niro. Like, oh, my God. Um, op- like, starting, like, it looks like, like a talk show host, like, when they come out in front of the, the curtain and do, like, the whole, like, I'm over here and I'm over there. Yeah, so. I liked him, like, picking up his, like, gums Forcing and seeing his teeth. Yeah, I kind of yeah. I, I kind of like that. I was like, damn, bro. And it's Joaquin Phoenix. I have to trust Joaquin Phoenix. How are you feeling about this Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie? We're, we're literally close to a month away. We're like six weeks away from a brand new Joker. Thing is, is like eighteen. I will Joker. always, I will always stand by the fact that Joker needs to have a Batman in his movies. And it's hard to just watch a villain movie itself without that hero. And what made Suicide Squad? Work in a way is that even you saw, even if it was a five minute cameo, you got to see Batman. So Batman existed in that world. But if this is a Joker, I, I, it's only speculation, but if this is a Joker that does only exist without 
a Batman, it's kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to like it. But then again, from the trailer that sold me, it does look like it has some gorgeous cinematography. It has like a really like saturated palette. Like everything is like grays and navy blues. Yeah, initially this was said to be directed by Martin Scorsese, but I think he's like overseeing it or something like that. Oh, if he has some sort of like consulting on it then yeah and, it might be a masterpiece and you know it's supposed to be um uh like in the vein of king of comedy or kings of comedy I want to say. the king of comedy the king of comedy sorry oh god that was a good movie that's supposed to be like this that that's this is to- what the inspiration is yeah. is de niro's king of comedy yeah oh man then i'm gonna have to see it yeah but and I, now I, i'm gonna have to see king of comedy <laughs> <laughs> so that all works i mean i saw venom in theaters and that didn't have spider-man and it worked for me so Oh, Maybe. Right. You're right. There is an actual precedence for villains without their heroes working on screen. That's uh, that's what this. You know the thing is is I think it's more in the zeitgeist now to like villains more than heroes, especially in DC where you can't. I just think that's so corny though. It man. is. Like, no, you're not wrong. You it to, is corny. You need to make these heroes better. You need to make these heroes better. Stop. Because how is it you can't even trust the DC? EU so much that you have to like their you villains more. Superman, man, like you screw Superman. Like we're we're giving Harley Quinn another movie before we give Man of Steel two. Like what is wrong with y'all people? Over I there? know I hated what they did for Man of Steel two because man because Dawn of Justice was originally called Man of Steel two. Yeah, and then it then it became that Man of Steel got pushed to twenty twenty. Then it got pushed to twenty twenty two. Now we're not even get. I don't even think we're getting a, a Man of Steel there sequel. There was also some talks about maybe Henry Cavill's not returning as Superman, which is also not cool. Like, that no, that's that's like a definitive Superman for me. Like I didn't grow up with with um Richard Donner Superman, so Chris Reeves may be the quote unquote best Superman to my father, but to me, I'm just so in love with Henry Cavill as Superman. I'm just I buy it. Yeah, he's good stuff. Uh, we have the Suicide Squad cast Nathan Fillion in an unknown role. Steve Aggie as King Shark, and as of today, Taika Waititi. Are you is in sure? Talks. The, no, that, that okay, okay, okay. In talks. I thought you were about to confirm it because I looked everywhere, but I know he wanted to. <laughs> he's he, in talks. Uh, um, as of today, I keep forgetting he's deadline. actually an actor too, as well as a director and filmmaker. Yeah, I keep forgetting Mostly he's like an actor. Mostly like a voice actor though, like he what he did with Korg and um. That's right. He was Korg. Uh, Ragnarok. I wanted to start a revolution, but no one showed up. <laughs> and if and if there's gonna be a King Shark, that's a CGI character. Who knows who Taika Waititi is gonna be playing? And they're saying it could be big or small. But Nathan Fillion is the real get. Like, who could he be? My thing was, I think he should be uh, Adam Smasher. If you're gonna yeah. take King Shark, who was who was a Rogues Gallery on the Flash TV show, might as well keep with that tone and give us Adam Smasher. Not that Adam Copeland wasn't good. Yeah. Adam Copeland was great. I love Edge. No matter what Edge is in, I will always love Edge. One of my favorite wrestlers. But just thinking of Nathan, thinking of Nathan Fillion's previous roles, like in Firefly and the show Castle, he was in Community as a janitor. He was um, he was one of the the aliens in um the Rick Shank Redemption episode of season three. He was that alien that was in Rick's mind. Like I completely forgot that he was in um that movie you just said. What, what was it? Uh, I named Castle Firefly, uh, Serenity, Rick and Morty, and Community. Community. I forgot he was a community. Yeah, yeah the, he was the he was the the janitor or the custodian. When they're doing the whole um bulletin board. Yeah. Uh, thing. Yeah. And he, he wanted internet porn. So me throwing it out there, if I was casting him, I would actually cast him as somebody who's not on the Suicide Squad. That sounds absolutely crazy, right? Yeah. See, I had to actually look through all the Suicide Squad members, right. and I'm not that well versed, so that's why I'm just throwing my dart at this wall. I'd give him boost to gold, bro. 
Oh my god. I I mean, he's there. Because you know what? When I look at Nathan Fillion, I heard that he was originally almost cast as Star-Lord. That would have been good. It would have been good. So then how do you rectify that? Booster Gold, yeah. Do player a similarly aloof... Um, if you're gonna, if if he was to be Booster Gold, it has to be King's Booster Gold. It has to be the Booster Gold that was in Heroes in Crisis, or the one that was in uh, before in the Batman, one? like crazy Booster Gold yeah. talking to himself, seeing blood on his specs that aren't there. Maybe they have to see. Maybe have, they have to save Booster Gold, or maybe they have to save a team Booster and and Beetle or somewhere. So the, the Suicide Squad has to go and save them or something like that. But it would be real cool to see him do that. I, I obviously I love anything that he plays. Um, they're bringing Polka Dot Man and Rat Catcher. To, they're bringing to, uh, the, the Polka King. Yeah. Oh, they're bringing all all those kinds of crazy characters. It's, it's James Gunn, so he's having. Oh, then I I have to just like accept it for a second. It's like, okay, it's James Gunn. I know what he's done. I like his his stuff. Yeah. Um, we got a trailer for season two of Titans, which is funny because Krypton just got canceled. So it's like some things are still continuing on over there at DC, while some things aren't. Oh my God! See, this is what I was saying oh, earlier. You saw the no, I didn't get it. I, it's, it's cool. It's cool. I forgot to see the trailer. We were covering so much. News what today. I'm so happy about is what we were mentioning earlier. What I mentioned earlier with now that Game of Thrones is over, all of these actors that were on Game of Thrones are getting roles, getting important roles or bigger roles. And the fact that Ian Glenn, who played Sir Jorah Mormont, all the fans that have watched, you know, my man Sir Jorah Mormont of Bear Island, Batman, bro, Batman. Oh my god! Oh my! God. I could just because I I still have his his scraggly, roughy voice in my head. I'm like, yeah, dude, that's that's a 50 year old Batman right there. You you could so throw it, and, and you could even go the Dark Knight Returns route and give him that that five o'clock shadow under his cape and cowl, and it would work for me 100. percent Or if you don't put him in the cape and cowl and you just have him as Bruce Wayne, he would still work. I think, was, I think what was really cool is that in that trailer, in my opinion, they they give you that like that reveal. Now we ha- also hadn't seen the real face of Batman because we had seen like, um, like shadows and stuff like that. Like we were never we were never actually given, um, Batman straight up. Uh, and so when they reveal him. Yeah, because did, didn't he last to the end of that series in Game of Thrones? He lasted to the third episode of the last season. No spoilers. No spoilers. But yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I know I've seen him in a lot of Game of Thrones. I'm not. I have not watched Game of Thrones, but I've watched people. Don't watch worry, Game don't of worry fans. We're gonna get him there one day. I've watched people watch Game of Thrones, and that was enough. I needed to uh, see him and his acting. Ability. When we finally have our own uh, reacting channel, we're gonna have to have him react to it. Just forget. Just, that's how it's gonna have to be. But it's we, too good. But the, the thing is, you see, we see the return of a lot of fan favorite characters from uh, season one of Titans. Did you see season one of Titans? Uh, no, that was that and Doom Patrol are the shows that I got to get on the OneDrive. It's just, all right, here's the problem. I went to watch Doom Patrol, like actually binge it. That was one of the first, before I started Glow, before I watched anything, my thing was I'm going to watch Doom Patrol right after the boys because uh-huh. I still need that palate taste. Right. But because the Kindle was what's like it's like six gigs of, of memory. Oh yeah. Each episode is like five gigs to download. Is it really, dude? It's actually it, it when I downloaded the the pilot episode, it literally took up all the space on my on the Kindle. I'm like, oh, holy. I gotta move cr- some things around there for you then. But yeah, um, Titans was pretty good. It 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 was weird because it reminded me a lot in the bad ways of Fan Four Stick, in the sense that 
they they try to get like really gritty with it, and so no one was having fun. In no, a sense? and well, they didn't, you've seen the whole like fuck Batman stuff. Like he, that's literally the only thing I saw was he, just that one teaser of fuck Batman. Yeah, like he hates Batman, and he's like overly angry. Like then he, that's not my Nightwing. I'm it, sorry, that's not my Nightwing. It's a, it's a it's a different take on everything, and and if they're I was not the Teen Titans because everybody's like an adult for the most part, except for Raven and Beast Boy. I want to say, or, like Starfire is a grown ass adult. So is um Hawk and so Dove. So then, on the team. why not just go the Young Justice route? You want? I, I it feels like that. They went so they there. want they wanted to give us Teen Titans not because they wanted to give us Teen Titans, but because they knew that we wanted and would watch no matter what a Teen a live, action, t- a live action, action Teen Titans show. We we're we're roughly the same age. We grew up with Teen Titans from the from the CN from Cartoon Network. Uh-huh. We've all been waiting for it. We just wanted it, and to see. Cyborg, Beast Boy, Starfire, Raven, and Robin in a live-action like team-up show. Yeah, we're gonna eat that like chocolate cake. No denying it. Yeah. But, but because they they put the cart before the horse in the fact that they're giving us Teen Titans, they didn't give us why we wanted Teen Titans in the first place. Exactly. That's and, the problem. And uh, you know, many people have their own version of Teen Titans. You know, like they some people like Go, some people like the original. Um, the original anime. Hey man, there's nothing wrong with Go. I'm. I will sit here and say it. There's nothing wrong with Teen Titans Go, man. But it goes to show you how versatile that the 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 property is. Yeah. You can go super funny, super dark. Now you're doing live action, you know, and they're dealing with things like sex and and all kinds. But why? Of but I don't understand. This. Why can't you just give us a both of Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go in this Titans? Like with, with the success of Doom Patrol and Umbrella Academy. We see that this dark and gritty existential property works. But also with Doom Patrol, I'm glad that you brought that up. With Doom Patrol, you see that you can take absolutely ridiculous concepts and um, play them seriously. Because it's all on how you play them. That episode 5 or 6, man, that's still my favorite. The, oh, with the, oh the, the everyday, the day the, in the life. Yeah, word. the day in the life for each person. Oh, man, that still is. I like, see, that's why I like episodes like that. Especially with the Umbrella Academy. Uh. The day that never was and the day that was or whatever. Oh yeah. Those those works are great if you just give people the chance to try and understand what you're trying to give us. But when you but you also have to have a mission. You have to have a, like a goal. You're not wrong to, with that either. To do something, people talk about all the time. Like th- it, th- that show was good, but it didn't say anything. Or that movie was good, but it didn't say anything. And it's the truth. You can literally have hours of dialogue and action scenes and whatever, and not say anything. It's like, what are you saying? What are you trying to say? What are you trying exactly. to say? What in is a way? the main yeah. idea of this? What are you trying to? What are you trying to portray in this? Which and is why Suicide Squad didn't work because it had it gave us. Oh the... my god, that thing does really not say anything. Huh? No, right? It doesn't <laughs> say anything. It gives us the characters that we wanted. It gives us great performances by these actors and actresses. But at the end of the day, what did it say for these people? Nothing. Nothing. It didn't say anything. It didn't say like maybe. Not all bad people are bad. It didn't say that. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't say anything like that. You could have you simply would think that that would be right up its alley. You could have made Amanda. You could have showed us why Amanda Waller is bad. Not just she's bad. She's bad because she's bad, and she's badder because the bad people say that she's bad. Oh Lord, that's Lord, a, that's an old uh, narrative trope. If you have somebody bad say somebody else is worse, then they're the worst. And then you then then that seemingly makes the bad person good. In comparison to the yes. worst person, you know who they did that with Joker with? Hmm. Hitler. No. Yeah. He's like, I'm a. I think Joker was like, I'm a homicidal maniac clown, but I'm an American homicidal maniac clown. 
Oh my god. And so oh. I, thought that, I thought that shit was hilarious. But yeah. Yikes. That was, that was the whole take on that there. Um, yeah, but we see the return of characters Hawk and Dove, played by Minka Kelly and Adam Richson. Oh, I know Minka Kelly. And I, I know, know Adam Richson from something. I can't remember what it was. I think he's Flash Thompson from Amazing Spider-Man. But I have to double check. Wait, then that means that's... that's oh, no, that's not... Because that, that's, no, the, that's the leftovers. Garvey. Yeah, that's, no, that's not Kevin. Not the other one. Uh, Tommy. Tom, that Tommy. Thomas Garvey, man. Thomas Garvey, yeah, yeah, My yeah. man, Thomas Garvey. You, man, matter of fact, Moon Knight, get Kevin, get Justin <laughs> Theroux in there, <laughs> B. Take, take, okay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. I'm flipping out because it's... Yes, it's a whole bunch of yes. Get Justin Theroux to play Moon Knight. We already that's saw it. him for 27 episodes for three years go crazy. Just, bonkers. just just increasingly get crazier and crazier and crazier to the point where you people broke my damn heart with G Day Melbourne. Oh, yeah. You know that episode, man. Yes, really, really good Oh episode. my god. Man. And so yeah, Justin Theroux hasn't done anything uh Marvel, but he co wrote or wrote Iron Man 2? Yeah. I think he straight up wrote Iron Man. Because he's 2. he's a he's a writer. Yeah, he's a screenwriter. I think he straight up wrote Iron Man 2. So I mean he has his bona fides inside uh I told my girlfriend because one of her, I think her favorite comedy or one of her favorite comedies is Tropic Thunder, and we oh, just we yeah. quote it all the time. And I'm like, yo, did you know that Justin Thoreau wrote Tropic Thunder? Her mind was landmine blown, like <laughs> destroyed. Did, did you know that he's in um, Zoolander? Oh, I haven't seen the first Zoolander in so he's long. The weird Rastafarian DJ that. <laughs> that plays in uh, uh, in, in Hans uh, uh Hansel what's his face yeah, plays yeah and he also tries to play relax because that's the assassin song to make Zoolander try to yes yes yeah. yes okay so, okay yeah so he's he's there Justin Theroux and he's in um Last Jedi ah. he's the code he's the code maker that they never actually get. They're supposed to get he was to in, a casino, yeah, and then and there was some code maker in like uh, like he was uh, yes, and he had a suit and everything, and yes. then they ended up getting Benicio del Toro instead, who's like like uh, making uh, that uh, Marvel money. He has like a nervous tick or whatever, Benicio del Toro. Like, yeah, he just he just has this like this weird tick. Like yeah, and so I don't we got far, but yeah, okay. So, uh, Ravens returning, Beast Boys returning, Donna Troy is returning, Dick Grayson's returning, Starfire is returning, my boy Jason Todd is returning, and we're introduced. Isn't to- Donna Troy um? Troy, like that, that um, she was. Damn it, she was in Heroes in Crisis. I'm the girl. Yeah, she was like in Heroes in Crisis, and she had like a great whole because her Donna Troy's. The funny thing about Donna Troy, like her, like if if you know enough about her, her thing is that her origin story is garbage. Like they've been rewritten like four different times. She's been given all kinds of different names because none of them make any sense. And that's why her monologue in Heroes in Crisis was, I guess, you know, I sometimes I remember it this way, yeah, sometimes I remember it that way. Some people, and she's like, some people say it's just two people with two different narratives, and neither one makes sense because that's her. That's her life. That's too meta. <laughs> yeah, that's her life. Um, yeah, but the people that are showing up, we got Crypto showing up. I'm hype as hell. We got a Kryptonian dog, uh, you know, on this. Well, I mean, finally. Uh, Con L, played by Joshua Orpin, will be making his debut. Bruce Wayne by Ian Glenn. We spoke about that earlier. I can't, I'm so happy with that. I actually, when it first announced that Ian Glenn was being casted as Batman, I actually cried a little bit. I'm I, not going to front. That's he, he was the actor that I took away from the almost the most from Game of Thrones. Between Kit Harington and... Uh, Richard Maddox, it was it was Ian Glenn. I was like, damn. Is Richard Maddox, um, he's from Jamie? the Etern- he's the Eternals. Who's Jamie? 
Jamie is done by uh, Nikolai Castelwaldo. I'm surprised he hasn't got casted in more stuff. Dude, I'm. You're not even <laughs> wrong. There is this movie that he did in like 2015, 2016, where he, where he was like, um, he was driving home drunk yeah. with his uh, wife and two friends, and they get into a car accident, and he kills his friend in oh the car gosh. accident by accident, yeah. and he ends up getting sent to jail for like 18 months. And the whole time he's just like, I'm just gonna do my time. I'm gonna be fine. I'm gonna be fine. Next thing you know, he becomes like this big prison kingpin and everything, okay, and then yeah. continues his life of crime outside of prison. When he gets released, he has short hair, tattoos, and a beard. I'm like, like yo, you do right. Yeah, basically like uh, that that uh, whole uh, the prison blueprint of how people look when they come out, teardrop tattoos and all that. But Let me find out. <laughs> but no, yeah, Nikolai Castawaldu should get some sort of role of something. I don't know. We got Deathstroke being portrayed by the second time by is no third time by uh, Isaiah. I want to hope I'm saying that right. Morales, previously played by. Well, can we count Joe Man Joe Manal? You can't Maginello? count. You can't count Joe Maganelli as a uh, as Deathstroke because he was literally just a, a what was it, cameo and an I mean, end credit. He's never named. I don't think he's ever named. But you just knew he was Deathstroke just by his the look. What about what's his face from uh, Arrow? Manu Bennett. Best, best, best. Choose. I like best. Australian Deathstroke. <laughs> the be- he was the best Deathstroke. He was oh, hands down the best Deathstroke. Australian. He Deathstroke. managed to make that suit. Looks so badass, even though it looks so wonky and like and like weird. Yeah, it was also blue that too. They keep playing around with that because the blue in comics is weird. Because sometimes blue is meant to portray black, like navy. Blue, yeah, when you use navy, the blue. blue is supposed to be the hue of light when you turn something black. But uh, oftentimes he's depicted as being orange and blue, and that blue can look real wonky sometimes. But I think that he did it well. But yeah, we got our third in. Uh, Isai Morales, and he seems to be a big threat in this trailer. They're talking about, you know, they they, they don't know if they could be able to stop him. Um, oh, they're bringing in Aqualad. Aqualad, yeah, played by Drew Van Ecker. Uh, Shimmer as a villain. We see Deathstroke's daughter, Chelsea oh, Yang. That's so dope. You know her? Um, Rav- Ravager or Ravager? Like, yeah. I've, 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 wasn't she in the Teen Titans TV yeah, show? Yes, she was. Um, in the show? I believe so, but more so, I know she was actually on the Teen Titans team for a little bit. Rose Wilson. That's uh, a pretty dope name. Rose Wilson, Ravager. But the big, the big thing about her is that um, I'm pretty sure she ends up like getting back with her team. And the thing is, the most famous Teen Titans story is the Teen Titans Judas contract, and the story of Terra, you know, being manipulated. Oh, that's they just dropped that. Interrupting, yeah. But it, it, well, it's not it's just, huge. but. It's huge. Uh, they did the animated version of it. That's what you're talking about, right? The animated yeah, version. I see it on Hulu all the time. I'm like, yo, one day I'm really going to throw on the Judas contract. Um, I don't know how much of the uh, like the an- anime uh, version of Teen Titans you watched, but I'm pretty sure they did something similar there with Tara being um, in in bed. I don't want to say. I mean, she literally was in bed with Slade, but yeah. Oh, God. the two th- From 2000, from the early 2000s? Yeah. That, that, oh my God. All right. That was my first real heartbreak that was my the reason why is i'm like i'm like 10 11 years old when that episode dropped and for three weeks for three fridays she was a good guy she was falling in love with robin everybody was loving about your understanding of that character and that role from from the show yeah from what, what it was is she was just a and she was a nobody that wanted to be something and she found the teen titans and there was no reluctance to it they just Accepted her open arms. Okay. Everybody was so nice to her because she was just 
she wasn't she was misunderstanding everything. She was just like a starfire, but being from this world kind of starfire. Okay. She was falling in love with Robin. She had a whole kind of like romance thing with them. And then I thought she was supposed to be with Beast Boy. Like a no, I could have sworn. No, I, I could have. I, if I if I remember correctly or incorrectly, it might be either Beast Boy or Robin. But I just remember that she was a very important heart of that team for those few episodes. Like they were really throwing all of their love to this one girl. Yeah. And then here comes Slade, ready to fight. There's this big fight in like the middle of the street. And then and then you're thinking, oh man, the Teen Titans are. They're about to get done. There's only a few minutes left of this episode. That's, they're probably going to be a continuation. They're probably all going to get knocked out. And then old Tara goes in, turns on them. And you find out the whole time that she's been with Slade to get them to, to put their guard down so he could destroy them from the in, internally. And as in like an 11-year-old, 10, 11-year-old, <laughs> I was... I did not know how to process my emotion. I'll never trust another woman. I'll never trust another the blonde day, girl again. No. Nope. I live. <laughs> I don't trust those blondes. I've never dated a blonde. Never been know. with a blonde, and that's why. Because you can't girl. do it. But no, I yeah, like I I never I didn't really understand cliffhangers or that that betrayal in TV shows because this is cartoons. Yeah. You don't see this kind of stuff in cartoons as a kid. So when it was revealed that she was actually working with Tara. And then the next episode, you see her in the whole Deathstroke metal, right? outfit. Metal, yeah. Metal. Jammy jam. I'm like, yo, hold. I didn't know what to, I didn't know how to feel, what to say, what to do. One of the best backstabbings in the history of the world for me. Like, so I'm wondering if maybe Ravager is going to be used for that. Or if they're putting that on ice, that story on ice, the Tara Judas contract story. I like, my instincts, my in, my instincts tell me that they will not be able to help themselves. They'll just do it because it's Titans and it's Deathstroke. But uh, maybe they can hold off, and if not, then we'll get you know something else. We see we'll see glimpses in the trailer of Doctor Light and Deathstroke's mute son Jericho, as well as Jericho ever in the show. I don't remember. Yeah, he's mute. He, he communicates telepathically. Oh, it's been a... it, it's uh, one of Slade's sons. They uh, they gotta. I gotta get a. I gotta get a way to watch to rewatch the old Teen Titans again because I know it's probably like what like four or five seasons only. Like it's it's relatively short seasons in a sense. Yeah, well, we're actually gonna be covering Young Justice. I think in the winter. Ooh. Which comes to show because I've never seen Young Justice. You've you've never seen Young Justice. Nope. All right. I've only seen. I've tried to watch it on several occasions. I think I've seen the first episode, eight hundred million times, and I don't mind it. Like it's not. I don't think it's blown away. I'm waiting for the parts that are gonna. You know what it is? It starts getting really good in season two. They, it's been, it's really hard for me to distinguish it from any other show in that first in the first couple episodes of that first season. And so because well, it that's the thing with that, they they're, they're trying to find their footing, just like every other show that tried finding their footing. But in the same cases, you've had other shows that in that first season you're like, wow. Oh yeah, I've seen shows really... in their first episode that find their footing, and it's like, oh yeah, we're done. We're going here. Like, I'm gonna keep bringing them up because the show is actually a classic for me. Doom Patrol, that first episode. Is so great that's like okay, you know that's where really everything great. is gonna, I'm gonna do go. A that's true. You know what? You do a rewatch. I'll makes, cover it with you. Yeah, that show makes me so damn happy. It's a palate cleanser. It really is a nice palate cleanser. Yeah, it is. And and, when you think you've learned everything superhero, it's a really good palate cleanser. And especially when you're when we're when it's which is worst season, or even if it's not which is worst season, it's just the season of shitty comic book movies. When we gotta cover Dark Phoenix and Hellboy and. Fan stick and Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. It's you know you need to cleanse your palate sometimes. Yeah, and I think we've done our best to try to cleanse our palate of our main topic of the evening. But we've come around 
to that point. It come around main to event that time. time. It is main event time. It's time to talk about Sony and Spider Man and what the hell is going on with this. And um, uncharacteristically, I have allowed Dan, the comic book movie man, because you know he's also a movie man. This guy knows about scores and directors and casting and 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 uh, cinematography and all that. So I made my man go deep down into the dull drums. Of comic book news to find what he could. Oh, and when you say the word dull drums, it's literally dull drums. I was scrolling for hours just trying to find something that's not speculation oh, that's or rumors. Thing. Yeah, the good thing you said that because we should say that up top. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find any site on the internet that will literally tell you anything you want to hear about this Spider-Man thing. They can tell you that the person, the 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 guy who delivers the pizzas to the guy who's the cousin of the guy who's the brother of the person who hired the assistant of Kevin Feige said that Spider-Man might be coming in three days to MCU. Well, what I went, well, where I went to get this specifically that I looked up with um, the old deal and the new deal was um, it was either Forbes.com or it was uh, uh, C- CNN or NCBS or NBC or so- yeah, something news, actually a news site and not a comic book site manned by people that are like me and you. You know, I needed to find something that's concrete because there was a, I think it was um, CBR that said that that's that that the that Marvel and and Sony ended up getting now a new deal and now they have something to do. And it's like no, there is no new deal. No. There, that's yeah. it. They're they're done. Or you open up a you open up an article and there's nothing. There's no truth inside. It's all like. If, if I had to guess, what would what is happening is, and it's like no, no, no. Yeah, it's always it's always those. It's always those. Well, I feel, I think, I say, I know. Like no, man. Like, listen, I need quotes from Feige. I need quotes from Avi Arad or quotes from well, Susan like, Wojcicki or whoever. I get it, Derek. You got to put up five articles a day. I've done it myself. I used to write for CBR.com myself, and they have. You have to put out some content culture a day, too. and I write for World Culture Comics. Um, you know, and you have to put out certain content. At a certain time, so I get it, but you ain't catching me with that clickbait stuff, man. <laughs> so, no, getting straight from the facts, coming to the source, what you got for me? Well, tell me about this first deal, the deal that brought Spider-Man to the MCU. Tell me about how we got Spider-Man, uh, I guess, yeah, in Civil War. Well, when Disney and Disney and uh, Sony reached the, an agreement, they reached a deal in uh, 2015 that would bring Spider-Man into the cinematic universe. And that was right after Amazing Spider-Man 2, like literally the year after Amazing Spider-Man Cause what, 2. Because what happened was is um, Amazing Spider-Man 2 sunk all of their, it lost a lot of their money be- from merchandising. Okay. From what I heard, like I was speaking to Honest Rebel about this because yeah. I needed some more insight and he was, he's been hitting me up the last few days trying to talk about, ever since Spider-Man got left the, <laughs> M- ever since Spider-Man yeah. left the MCU, Abe has been like calling me or texting me like, yo, we need to talk about this Spider-Man. We need to talk about it. We need right, to go. Right, right. So when he, so I asked him like, yo, I need some insight so I can, I'll throw your name up on here. Just give me what you got. And he's like, yeah, like amazing Spider-Man two lo- lost so much money between the, 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 like the, the merchandising that they needed to get some money back. Yeah. So the initial deal was that, um, could be prior to this. They were gonna greenlight a Sinister Six film. They had uh, no, the thing was they had Amazing Spider-Man two and three and Sinister Six with release dates and scripts being written. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, marvel it. Yeah, Amazing Spider-Man three was, was supposed to be released in like 
2016, and then Amazing Spider-Man 4 was going to be 2018, and then at 2020, we were going to get Sinister Six. That is specifically what I remember. And then um, Amazing Spider-Man 2 comes out roughly around the same time as Guardians. So you get to see like a real big difference between the two uh, as far as quality is concerned. And the problem with Amazing Spider-Man 2 is of all... Of all the Spider-Man movies, of all of them, Amazing Spider-Man 2 was its highest budget. Oh, my God. Oh, you know why, right? Shot in New York. Oh, my God. Yeah, it had a budget of $258 million. It shot in New York. That's why. The other ones, I think, shot, like, around it, but, like, there's shots in actual Well, Spider-Man 2 was was shot in Chicago and stuff. Yeah. Like, a lot of those were shot in Chicago. Amazing Spider- I mean, yeah, Amazing Spider-Man 2, there's a whole set piece in Times Square. And I, re- I remember, I, actually, yeah. I was actually there, because yeah. I remember when the, they, uh, oh, I can't remember who it was, but somebody posted a picture that they were in Manhattan, yeah. and they posted a picture of the Spider-Man and Rhino, yeah. with the whole, um, putting his boxers down and stuff, yeah. hopped right on the end train, and I went to Manhattan, and they were doing shoots and shit. That's awesome. Great. But yeah, their deal was that, um, uh, let me see, Sony would allow Marvel's creative team to integrate Spider-Man into the cinematic universe, and would put up 100% of the production costs. But in exchange, Disney received 5% of first dollar grosses or 5% of ticket sales from the first day of release. Wow, that's so messed up. But it's not in the sense because Sony didn't have the money, really. Like, they had, a, they had enough to, like, like, Disney had enough to, like, put up all the money for the production. It's like, listen, if we're going to put up the money, we're going to get this much back. So 5% of fir- It's all Disney's money making these movies. Or is Sony's money? Who's financing? Um... Sony, no, Sony. Uh, I think it was Sony was gonna uh, would finance 100 percent of the production cost, and Disney would receive five percent of the first day ticket sales and not, first ticket. And then gro- all of the rest goes to Sony. Yes. Okay, but Marvel has to make the movie. Yes, okay. Marvel makes the movie. They were gonna integrate it where Marvel can have can use the character, but Sony pays Marvel to make the movie. Yeah, gives them pennies on the dollar with the idea that. Besides the pennies on the dollar, you get to have merchandise rights. Uh, that I think that was what it was. Though. Merchandise rights, and you get to use them in the MCU. Yeah, and with merchandise rights in MCU. Yeah, but we, these are going to be Sony Spider-Man movies, produced by Marvel Studios, but paid for by Sony with the money, all the money going back to Sony, right? In a sense, yeah, yeah. And, and I get why why Disney would continue to want that, and why Sony would be like, actually, no, you know what? I think we're gonna want to do our own production, produced movies, and get our own money back because this is still our character. But we also knew that Spider Man signed what a, a five picture deal. Yes, and I would I had been talking about that forever. It's probably episodes of the Major Issues podcast where I'm talking about it because I was counting them down. You had Civil War, you had uh, Homecoming, you had Infinity War, then you had Endgame. And then you had Far From Home, and now it's it. officially five. five. That's so officially I was like, five pictures. This is, I was like, and, and. Yeah, but Samuel Jackson applied for, uh, Samuel Jackson's contract was a nine-picture deal, but he ended up doing like 13. But he wasn't being lent. That That's also true, he wasn't, he wasn't being, lent. being lent. He ain't got nothing else to do, so if he wants to do 13, he can do 13. Whereas, um, on the Sony side of things, I would like to say that while this was going on, they didn't necessarily want to stop what was going on with what they were doing as far as making movies out of the properties that they had purchased when they purchased Spider-Man. And so they had already started moving the, you know, the conveyor belt for the Venom movie. And so even while this deal is going on and Marvel's making tremendous strides with the Spider-Man character, casting Tom Holland, 
putting him up there with Tony Stark, putting him in those Avengers films, the same year that Infinity War comes out, we get Venom. Sony's first attempt at making a non-Spider-Man Spider-Man and it, property movie. And it really grossed, too. I think it made $800 million on a $100 million budget. Well, And you know what the thing is? that If you look at back at all three of Sony's Spider-Man's um, gr- budgets to gross, yeah. that's standard for them. Uh, the first Spider-Man was 139 million and grossed 821.7 million that's right, back. That's right in the same ballpark. That's literally that's literally the same and so ballpark. If you could yeah. make a Venom movie as successful as Spider-Man, what could you imagine if you brought that MCU Spider-Man back? Could you imagine if Spider-Man got to play with Venom? And I think that's what caused a lot of what ends up happening. Well, yeah, but. for all their shared profiting, the, the sides couldn't agree on a new renewal deal. Right. Like they didn't mind sharing the profit, but there needed to be a better deal it's that where, to work where out. It got split. Is, was the deal of it was the renewal contract? Yeah, yeah, there was no renewing the contract on that. Yeah, and according to Deadline, it continued lending. They continued lending Feige's expense. Disney wanted to be full partner, and he wanted they wanted box office revenue to be fifty fifty with Sony. Yeah, not just getting only five percent of. T- of first round ticket sales and five percent of first round grosses, and I get why Marvel would think that. You know, they they reinvigorated the character that Sony had given up up on so much, so that they had. Yeah, but then Sony would. Yeah, but that would shoot Sony in the foot because they they're would fitting, lose. and they're fitting the whole bill for production. But in the same sense, when you're looking at the numbers that we're talking about, they make their production money back and then some. Under the Marvel banner, we don't know yet if it's proven yet under the Sony banner, but I'm guessing they're willing to take their shot. They're willing to gamble. Well, even Spider-Man three made eight hundred and ninety point nine million off of a almost three hundred million gross. I my, my budget. Yeah. So even their their critically worst, but they considered movies, that a loss. So you would consider like they they made that if they made split the split. It's the weird gross. because I would consider Spider-Man two a loss if you look at the budget to gross. Oh, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. But what was the difference in uh, numbers on Spider-Man uh, 1 between budget and gross? For Spider-Man 1's budget and gross, it was 139 million budget to uh, a 821.7 million box office takes. Right. So if you take it like imagine if you did the 100 million dollar 130 million dollar budget and then the take home was 400 million dollars. Yeah, I guess in a sense, it's like you didn't really make that much. Right, and so that would be what they did if they split it, right? If they split, let's say, uh, Far From Home, I mean, it's $500 million a piece. But still, you know, I guess that splitting, they're not really, neither side is really down. With well, getting, Far From Home made $1.1 billion back. Yeah, so it's about $600. Off of, off of one of its lowest budgets, too, of $160 million. It's pretty yeah. low for a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Because even Homecoming was $175 million. Uh, both the Amazing Spider-Mans with Amazing no, Spider-Man Homecoming, 2 was t- Homecoming oh also God. has Tony Stark Captain um, Steve Rogers you know <laughs> uh, Happy Hogan uh, so they they, they they threw in some heavy hitters from the MCU in that film so I could see why the budget might be a little bit more and it's in New York again um, so yeah looking through these budgets and, and, and grosses it's like Jesus like that trilogy actually did the best of a lot of comic book movies especially when you're all and when I was looking at it, Spider-Man Two actually did bad in my eyes because it was a two hundred million budget, but it only grossed seven hundred and eighty-three point eight million back. It's not the best. That's five hundred. That's only five hundred million. But I mean, only five hundred million. I, I know, but for, <laughs> for, for 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 the layman, yeah, it's only fi- it's five hundred million. That's a lot of money. But for like movie studios that have to pay their actors like a quarter of a million dollars, no, and right. then still have to pay all of their crew members, the and, merchandising. Uh, and for um, promotion. 
that's, that's why, why I, I, I couldn't really, yeah, that's why I couldn't really find, like, a, uh, for, like, Amazing, I think it was either Amazing Spider-Man, one of them, I couldn't find a concrete budget because it said anywhere from 200 to 230 million dollars yeah it's not that hollywood math it's like come on just give me a number you know how much you paid you know what this is? i think it's the 200 million is the actual budget of the of making and and producing the movie and then the that extra 30 million is throwing it on tvs and making games and costumes and stuff they, they say some of these biggest blockbusters almost split evenly between the the but like the budget for the movie is almost it's like two-thirds of that budget is for the promotion not two-thirds of the movie budget, meaning that if the movie was a hundred million dollars budget, eighty they're gonna, it's going to take an 80 additional million, million dollars to promote it, to promote yeah. It. Um, and I think that that's interesting when you think about stuff like this. Also, what is interesting to me is when I was doing these budget things, before Far From Home, yeah. Spider-Man 3 was actually the highest grossing Spider-Man movie of all time. Wow. Yeah, almost $900 million. It was ten. It was literally still, still ten million dollars away from. Still about a hundred dollars, a hundred million dollar uh, budget. Uh, that uh, Spider Man 3's budget was two hundred and fifty eight million. That's one of the highest as well, right? Besides Amazing Spider Man two. Yeah. Second highest. It was their. It was the second highest budget, and it's and it's second highest uh, gross back before Far From Home that made a billion. Marvel came out with three billion dollar movies this year. Marvel also ended three eras this year. Yeah, it did. Netflix is MC- and Netflix MCU, the Infinity Saga, and Spider Man in the MCU. Yeah, because I don't, I personally don't think we're gonna get Spider Man in the Stark. MCU for a while. <laughs> not for a while. Oh, uh, spoiler alert! Tony Stark too. Um, oh my God! Wait, what? What happened? <laughs> so, so what's what's the new what's the what's the issue here? What's what's going down? What's why are these people beefing? Um, so I think the D- beef D- is because Disney's they not, want fifty. Disney 50. wants more. Sony don't want to give them more. I've heard that, um, yes, I, I see in your notes here that another thing that was mentioned was that maybe Disney wasn't asking for straight up 50, but at least more than what they were getting. Uh, some people are speculating as much as 30 or as little as 30, yeah, depending still on what you think of. That still doesn't make, that, that's still like no difference. Whether you're a 50% partner or a 30% partner, you still have a quarter of that title. Yeah. That's what that's what Sony doesn't want, and I understand because they have an Oscar-winning movie. They have a video game company now. They have. And it's also one of those things where, and this is the most simplest thing of it all, where if you go to your corner store and a loose cigarette is fifty cents, you expect to pay fifty cents every time you buy a loose cigarette. So when you go to another Lucy spot and it's seventy five cents. No, when cents. you go to the same one. Oh, and it's seventy five cents. cents. Oh, you're, I yeah no. You're like why? That actually happened to me. That's what I'm saying. And you might even stop going there. And you're not wrong. I don't go to the stores that 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 cost seventy five cents. I and still so, go to the one that's fifty cents. This one's very convenient for them. This deal, and all of a sudden they come back to the store, and Lucy's are more money. You understand? And even though they're the best Lucy's in town, they're not willing to pay. Because it's always been this. It's the same thing. Like, you can put it to anything. Like, if someone told me that Metro cars are going up, I'm going to be like, nah, B. Like, for what? We had an agreement. I yeah. pay this much. <laughs> you let me in. And this is how that's going to go work. Um, I'm not playing devil's advocate. I just don't think there's really any clean cut protagonist. I just feel this. like we gave Sony the battery in its back with making two of its last year movies make accumulatively like two billion dollars basically yes into the spider-verse did 
great numbers and it won an Academy Award. Very and Venom few did great. Marvel properties have an Academy Award. Oh hell yeah! You know, I don't think any. No, I, uh, that kind of award, like a Best Picture type, because yeah. it won Best Animated Movie of the Year. It did. Infinity War has Best uh, Sound and Editing, and that, and yeah. um. Black Panther has like a bunch of costuming, original song, yep, original and soundtrack. Squad has best makeup. Yeah, so we have, but so they're getting recognized for like the work that's being put into that green screen work. Yeah. But they're not being recognized for being masterful movies. But Into the Spider Verse was recognized as a masterpiece of animation. Yeah. And, and he, with all the bendy dots and the manga style yeah. and all of that, yeah. Far man. From Home still has like a at least a three hundred million dollar lead on every other gross of a Spider-Man movie though. And three hundred million dollars is enough to make a new Spider-Man movie. So maybe yeah. that's what it was. No, no, yeah, because like <laughs> especially when all of these Spider-Man movies are only taking anywhere from hundred and fifty million to two hundred million to make. Yeah. Yeah, three hundred million is perfect to make a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, and so yeah, that's big uh, that's that's big news there. And like like we said they probably got too big for their britches because Venom comes out in two thousand eighteen and it makes uh eight hundred million on a like over a hundred million dollar budget. Which is again good numbers, Spider Man numbers, as we as we're gonna start calling them. <laughs> whatever it's one to eight, Spider numbers, yeah. Whatever it's one to eight, Spider Man numbers. Uh, yo, you pulling Spider Man numbers? So, uh, yeah, Venom, <laughs> Venom did that. Then Into the Spider Verse did great things, and then we started hearing that the deal was falling through because they had they couldn't come to an, a renewal. Neither side wanted. Well, I'm pretty sure Sony wanted to renew it. Disney did not. I'm I'm pretty sure that Sony wasn't angry about the fact like they would actually like very. Hey, well, they were gonna do- renew it as is. Where no, you're thing, only getting five percent right. of ticket sales and five percent of this, but we return. Working, let's keep it on. And because Disney's no, like, I think the problem with Disney was is that Sony still has the um, what's it called the where did I write it? I wrote it somewhere around here. The merchandising rights for the character. So all okay. those merchandising, the toys, the costumes, Disney doesn't make that money off of those Spider-Man costumes and Spider-Man toys. That's still Sony money. Oh, so wow. I can understand why Disney would want you know more, but it's like, hey, listen, bro, like. We gave you this. We gave you an inch. Don't take the mile just because you're making Avengers money back. You know, like keep it where it well, is. It was actually the other way around. Disney got merchandising rights. See, the Hollywood Reporter just pisses me off no, sometimes. No, you got it right. No, you got it right. One hundred percent. In exchange, Disney b- received five percent. Uh, five percent. Oh no, this is what Disney want. This is what Disney wanted. No, that's what Disney had. They had mer- They had the merch. They had the five percent dollar gross, like you were saying, first yep. dollar gross. Five percent of ticket sales and retained merchandising rights. And retain the merchandising rights for the character. And then Sony, Sony would, got all the would money. reap the rest of the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but they didn't so... want just merchandising rights. Yeah, but but can... as you agree, as you were saying, the MCU Sp- I don't think it's the MCU Spider-Man. Because other Spider-Man, I think, goes back to, um, like, Spider-Man PS4, that money is going to Sony. Oh, but, yeah. But Anything I... that's Spider-Man that's not MCU goes straight right, to Sony, right. yeah. And I think, yeah, and I think, uh, oh, yes. Maybe Disney that... wanted that, too, but it's like, no, bro, you're you're borrowing a property. You're not buying the property. You're borrowing. Right, and so Marvel was making the money. Yeah, and if we're going to make you a movie, you, yes, but we're going to But since Sony is keeping the rest of the box office hall, can you imagine? Sony has Sony put up like, puts up the front for the movie to make it, and then they get back like a fucking hundred billion, so like can, a billion dollars. You can basically yeah. say they got back a billion dollars. Basically. And with them having a billion dollars... And with Spider-Man between Spider-Man PS4 into the Spider-Verse and Infinity Buying War and Endgame. Buying Insomniac games. But also Infinity War and Endgame were seen by over a billion people, which means that Spider-Man's IP is at the top level. It's hit. That symbol and that character has been seen by more people than it's ever have in the history of the character. 
under think, MCU, and, and that's the, why they put the, the battery in their back. But with a billion in their pocket, now they can go make as many better movies as they want to make. And guess what? I have a little bit of the slate of what Sony's thinking about creating with these Sony Universal oh, is this, characters. Uh, in, these are in development or just yeah, like well, rumored? Morbius is about done. No, Morbius I know is in development. That's like done. Yeah, it's about done. Uh, Old Jared Leto. Jared Leto starring as Morbius the Living Vampire. Um, Burke Sharpless and uh, Matt Sazima wrote the script for the film. Uh, you got Daniel Espinosa directing it, and it's scheduled to release on July 31st, 2020, next year. Venom. Oh, 2. no, no, that's not true, is it? I will get there. Venom 2 is coming. Uh, Woody Harrison is No, coming. that's it's, not true. Woody Harrison is set to return <laughs> to the sequel as Carnage. Uh, oh, Cletus, he's going to play fucking, what was it, Max Cassidy or Cletus Cassidy? Cletus Cassidy. Cassidy? Kelly God. Marcel was hired to write and executive produce the film. Um, uh, Tom Hardy's returning. But the director, Ruben Fleischer, can't come through because he's doing Zombieland Double Tap. So Andy Serkis has been hired to direct the sequel. Oh, I'm down. I'm... Um, Venom 2 will be released on October 2nd, 2020. Well, wow, that's weird because uh, the director of the first Venom movie is doing Zombieland that Woody Harrelson is in. Exactly. That's what I thought. Was Six Degrees of Kevin and, Bacon, man. And uh, also in Zombieland is um, Emma Stone, who played uh, Gwen Stacy in Spider-Man. Oh, wow. Wow. So, Sony's just... Yeah. I love it all. But then the rumor is the MCU wants to get Tom Watts. Ooh. The director of Home... Uh, oh, John Watts. John Watts. John Watts. The director of um, Far From Home. Yeah, but if you're going to get that... Yeah, I'm pretty sure they'll pull everybody in if they can. Disney Which money. is funny. Have you ever seen the movie Waiting? Ryan Reynolds? Yes, I have. Remember the kid that never talked about the whole movie until yeah. the end and he flipped out? Yeah. That's the writer of Homecoming. Oh, wow. That's John Francis Daly. Is he always an actor or was he just... He was always... He was an actor. Okay. He, uh, he's the little boy from Freaks and Geeks. Uh, he's Linda Cardellini's little brother in okay. Freaks and Geeks. That kid grew up to write Spider-Man: Homecoming. Do what you do, man. I I'm know. so glad it's a like multi-talented, multi-faceted. Right when I found out that that dude wrote Homecoming, I, I had to give Homecoming a watch for the simple fact that I actually like that actor. Yeah, but he's a writer and a director apparently too. Um, they're making a Night Watch film. Ooh. Uh, we ha- we have Cheo Hardari Hardari Coker rewriting the script on that. As of March 2018, uh, Cheo, he's been known for working on Luke Cage. So, Oh, that. man, Spike, Spike Lee was going to direct it? Yeah, but I fell through. Uh, we got Craven the Hunter. In July 2017, Sony was create, considering a film based on Craven. I've been saying this for years because I know that they were going to bring Craven into the Sinister Six for, uh, the, MC, for the Sony uh, yeah. Amazing Spider-Man movies. Yeah. It has to be Gerard Butler or I don't want a Craven movie. I would take your Gerard Butler... And I will raise you a Russian-speaking um, man. I'm going to get his name because I don't want to say his other name. A Russian-speaking Carl Urban. Oh, man. Oh, you're just killing. He grows a hell of a beard. <laughs> he grows a hell of a beard. Oh, man, but I he's going to be Billy calling Butcher, people cunts like every. I think Billy Butcher, man, as the as the hunter, uh, can really work. Carl Urban really is a, a, a sci-fi like Matt, a master, he yeah. Scourge in a, um, he was one of the guys from Thor. Ragnarok. Yeah. These are my stuff. I called this Des and this one Troy, and together it's they also destroy. in Lord of the Rings. He plays a, like yeah. an elf or a dwarf in Lord of the Rings. One of those, like yeah. so, like he actually and he's and, uh, in freaking Doctor McCoy in Star Trek. So and he's Judge Dredd. He is Judge Dredd. I actually like that Judge Dredd movie. Yeah, I heard that one's better than the first one. It, uh, it. You know what the thing is? It, it is in a kind of crankish though, right? That's the problem is it, it's very like when they do the drug, everything is like this frantic. vibrating franticness. And yeah. they have 
this idea, but it doesn't execute right. Like okay. the whole movie, you're like, yes, 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 yes. By the last act, you're like, oh. Well, hopefully they don't do that with Craven. Um, the the they yeah, I I remember that the the guy who's writing the screenplay for it said that he wanted to do Craven's Last Hunt as a storyline and wants Craven to hunt Spider Man, and that was said prior to this whole MCU thing, oh. and so. Um, and so that's almost been confirmed now. Like when he said that, I was, I found it funny cause I'm like, but Spider-Man's with Marvel. And that was the beginning of me being, huh, they're planning for a Spider-Man to fight Kraven. How's that going to be? I'm not going to lie. I would even watch Venom fight some of these people. Yeah. And it, just cause, cause it, just cause Tom Hardy sold me so well that I would. But the whole, I, once you start telling that story, you skew the whole universe, right? Yeah. Once you start giving all the Spider-Man stories to Venom. Then whenever and you do get were, Spider-Man they, back, oh, oh, who did they do that with? They were doing that Arrow and Batman. That was it. It was yeah. that's what they were doing. Yeah, <laughs> League of Assassins, all that. Uh, Sinister Six was supposed to be a movie. You know that because they try to promote it in Amazing Spider-Man. 2. Yeah, Mark Webb was supposed to do was supposed to direct like freaking six Spider-Man movies. And not only that, Drew Goddard was attached to write. I saw that. He like, left, found, Oh man, he left Daredevil. Wait, he was Daredevil's showrunner in season one. That was he only Daredevil. season one. He left Daredevil on Netflix to go do the Sinister Six movie, and it fell through. So, <laughs> that sucks. Um, the film was believed to be canceled uh, but after this whole MCU stuff, but Amy Pascal said the film was alive again in December 2018. That was just some months ago, following the success of Venom, and she's waiting for Drew Goddard to be ready to direct. I would so watch, still trying I would to watch uh, it's that Venom, man. That Venom money put the battery in Sony's back so much. Like You got Black Cat and Silver Sable. They were going to make them a movie together, Black Cat and Silver Sable. That fell through. And now Silver they're gonna and make Black, them, how original. Yes, and now they're going to make them separately. They're going to make a Silver Sable movie, and they're going to make a Black Cat movie. I wonder if they're going to get Felicia. The comics, what's her name? Um, Hardy? No, Felicia Hardy is Black Cat. I'm, yeah, that's what I was like. <laughs> uh, oh, she was in um Rogue One. Uh, f- and she was in a, also Amazing Spider-Man as oh, uh, uh, Felicia Hardy. Felicia? No, something Felicity? Felicity Jones. Felicity Jones. Jones. Yes. yes. Felicity Jones. She was actually in, she actually played Fel- Felicia Hardy in Amazing Spider-Man. She okay. was um, What's-His-Face's assistant. Yes. Uh, yes. Green Goblin's yeah. assistant. I don't think she's ever named it. They only, only, say only, they only called her Felicia, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But who knows what they could do with that. Felicia's a blonde that I know, but I know it from the Amazing Spider-Man series, and I don't think anything was colored the way it was supposed to in that movie, in that show. Wasn't she? A, I could have she had the white hair, white hair. But Felicia's blonde. So then it would be a wig. Felicia's blonde with a white hair. Cause and she's also, if I'm not mistaken, she takes like some sort of like super soldier serum, like some kind of knockoff super soldier serum. And I know oh, Black I Cat... Re- Oh my god, I remember in the, in the Spider-Man animated Her series. Her father, and there's like a whole thing. She had the worst outfit ever. She had like this white blouse with like this pink sweater and the yeah. gray, yeah. the green dress. Yeah, but as Black Cat, is basically a black cat suit with white fur around the neck, the wrist, and the ankles. And oh, she had it. that. We, when we covered uh, the Venom, yeah. the, the, the Venom uh, episode, episode yeah. she, she had that famous line of, Parker, you're scaring me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hated the way that was, delivery was. He was knocking around Flash Thompson. Yeah, and she just said, Parker, you're scaring me. Like, what? We're also confirmed to be getting a sequel to Into the Spider-Verse, um, but they also want to make an animated Spider-Woman Woman fi- film. Maybe with Spider-Gwen. Oh, Scar- um, what's your name? Spider- Spider-Woman, right? The, yeah. red, the red with the yellow. Well, like, Spider-Women. Dot- so there's a comic called Spider-Women, I want to say. 
that has Silk, a, a girl who was bit by the same spider as Peter Parker, through via retcon. Of course, her name is Silk because that's what spider webs are made of. Via via retcon. What I like about her is that whenever her and Peter Parker are around, they just start to make out because of the pheromones. In oh, the, that's it's whole, uncontrollable. That's they hilarious. They just start to make out and get like really. They down actually and dirty. have real animal pheromones. Yeah, and they have animal attraction. I mean, well, they're not animals, but that's what I mean. Like um. Arachnid, yeah, arachnid pheromones and stuff. Yeah, and so they ha- they are literally have animal magnetism between those two. So I think that that's interesting. Um, and then you have Spider Woman, which is Jessica Drew, and then Spider Gwen, which was already introduced in uh, and uh, into the Spider Verse. I, so. I think I read maybe one or two issues of of the Spider Gwen, yeah. where she has like that the, the actual outfit from Into the Spider Verse. Yes, pretty pretty good stuff. I like the animation style in that book. I just yeah, like pretty good that, stuff. That, that stuff looks there. But yeah, Sony seems to be going hard with it. And if this is the last time you are going to see a Tom Holland as the MCU Spider-Man, is there anything you want to say on behalf of the character, your fandom, towards that character, any of that stuff? You did good, kid. Now let's go home <laughs> from Amazing Spider-Man when he dies. I was a lot more angry, but I think, as, as you know, nothing lasts forever. Just that's how it works. Like, I, I feel why forever. you're angry. I feel because look at that cliffhanger. One of the best cliffhangers we've ever gotten. But they can still do that cliffhanger. You just don't have to. He can move somewhere, and then he would not be around I mean, anyone else. Can can, then, can they be able to continue that story? Isn't that a Disney story? Even though they can probably get Jake Gyllenhaal, they can probably get whoever they wanted because it's all Sony. I'd be very work. interested to see how that works. Yeah. Like I would even but accept that, a multiverse of Spider-Man in a Sony movie. And like, the thing is, aren't they gonna have to answer in universe in Marvel how, where Spider-Man is? Yeah, yeah. Un- unless you like literally keep Phase Four in space and everything. But then else. again, in the, uh, to be honest, who would be asking for him? Cap would be, but he's not gonna be there. Iron Man would be, he's not gonna you know, be there. You, you, I don't you think answered Thor. Your, you answered your own yeah, question. I don't really think Thor. Anybody was he made cool a connection with, with, he's not. Doctor Strange would ask for him. Yeah. Doctor Strange would be the only one that asks for him. Yeah. Doctor Strange would probably want to look for him, like uh, go the, through the mo- and then he'll the probably tell somebody I opened the portal, I sent it to another dimension because of the know. wow. Okay, let's, yeah. only, let's pitch meeting our own. Yeah, that's it. I opened the Doc- portal, I sent it to another dimension where people didn't know his secret identity, and now he's and over then we there. get a Spider Man into the Spider Verse live action. He's not yeah. here, which means he's over in Sony and stuff like that. So yeah, that's pretty interesting. There. Just say yeah, God, Disney. I hope if you're listening, just just write that into your script. Just say it because of the events of Far From Home, we're gonna just have open a portal and send Peter Parker somewhere else. Was he your favorite Spider Man? No. No. That that was easy. Nope. But you, he was a very great Spider Man. I cannot front like if he wasn't, he wasn't that kid. He was the kid that we all wanted as Spider Man. He was well. If you watch Spectacular Spider Man, if you watch the Ultimate Spider Man on Disney XD or whatever, he was a really good Spider Man. Yeah. But I will always stand with Andrew Garfield. I like Garfield too. I, and then Toby, Toby has his place, his place as well. Toby has his place, but it's that third one that really just like you, you, you ruined your goodwill, kid. You ruined all your goodwill with your little Elvis Presley dancing. I personally am thinking that he's gone. It's just easier for me that way. There's no reason for me to think that there's a ch- there's a chance until there's a chance. And if there is, I'd rather be surprised by it than let down by the idea that there isn't. Does that make sense? It makes sense. It makes sense. But the problem, my thing is, is like, I don't want him to be back. I don't. It, is it because of the Band-Aid that, that you ripped off knowing he wouldn't be? or it's, is- it's, it's because of what Disney wants. It's like you're trying to, you're trying, one, you're trying to buy Sony and Sony ain't having it. Two, you're trying to bankrupt the, the 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 industry that lent you their most profitable character, 
And now you're trying to be selfish with it. And but take... it was also your character, right? Yeah. So it's, you know, that is not, not, not completely nefarious because it's like, I gave you that. You don't know how to work it. I teach you how to work it. And now you just going to take it back. Well, I mean, if you're not playing the video game right, I want to play my video game again. Like, but that's it's not, not your video game. It's a video game that you bought from me, I guess. No, that's things they didn't buy. They they borrowed in a sense. They put it on like a no, like a payment plan yes, type yes, thing. Like right. it, it it it's like um and it, like a comic book. Like if I if I pay you ten dollars a day for every comic book that you have in your house, but I'm not reading the comic books. It's like yeah, I may be making your money, but it's like you're just letting them gather dust, or you're just giving me ten dollars every day for nothing. So yeah. I kind of understand why Sony was like, listen, we just. But but it's also yeah we did once again put the battery in that studio's back with Into the Spider Verse and with Venom and with the love of the Spider Man game. It's like if we can make our full money back, why don't we just make our money back? Are you excited for Sony's universe of Marvel characters or whatever? I actually am because it's been a while since I actually like followed. To, what was it? Sony Sony was only Spider Man. That was it. You didn't have Fantastic Four and X Men. Those were Fox in 21st century. So since yeah. Sony, since Sony was since Spider Man was the only superhero under Sony, it's like you know what I kind of miss. I kind of miss him fi- being the main I, main focus. Yeah, I, I that was my thing that I was telling Honest Rebel. He's like he asked me how did I feel about Homecoming and Far From Home, and I told him straight up the only reasons why I don't like it is because it's Iron Man Junior. It 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 puts Peter Parker in the on the the side to give us the over sh- the shadowing of Tony Stark, where even Tony Stark is, spoiler alert, passed away, you still see him in billboards, and he's giving his technology, and Happy Hogan is there telling him what he used to say and how he used to feel. It's like, no matter what... It's almost like he didn't become his full potential un- unless he met Tony Stark. And that, yeah. That's never been the case in any And But that's what that they know. did in, in Civil War. Where they, well, look, at, look at how his costume looked in Civil War. Prior, yeah. Prior to Tony Stark popping up in his house. The costume that you see in Civil War when he shows up at Sokovia, that's... Or not Sokovia. Um, wherever the damn... Germany. Germany, that airport. That's Tony Stark's stuff. That's his, his technology. So it's like, I don't want to see a Peter Parker that... That isn't the main star. Do you think we're getting him back? What Tom Holland or uh, Spider Man? I think we will. Yeah. I say give. I honestly, I say give it till twenty twenty, like the summer of twenty twenty. Give it to at least Venom two <laughs> for us to get a confirmation that we're gonna get we're a Spider Man. Some kind of weird wonky deal, right? Where he's gonna be going back and forth to some kind of thing. Maybe Marvel gets their own Spider Man. Uh, are you ready for a recast? Do you think we do need a recast? Uh, if Tom Holland decides to do it, then I will accept it. But I think I, I the way he like making it seem is like he doesn't want to be under anybody other than Disney. It's gonna be very interesting, like extremely, like Robert Pattinson level interesting when a new Spider-Man gets casted because there's already gonna be so much negative. Uh, anybody with a affection. Anybody with like a five, six year old kid that's like like Yogi, with Yogi's six year old memory. Yo, Yogi's kids <laughs> only grew up with Tom Anyone Holland. Who can so remember five years ago, will will feel that attachment to Tom Holland. But I guess all it takes is a performance to change your mind, right? Because we were attached to Toby and Andrew, and now we got Holland, and everything worked out fine. I think recastings is just the name of the game with superhero movies. Like how many how many Batman's did we have? Yeah. They literally recasted Batman but kept it in the same continuity of characters. They you re, you honestly had a Batman in several movies 
not about Batman, and then when you made a movie about Batman, you recasted Batman. Yeah. There's a Batman that exists solely in other movies that doesn't have to do with Batman. And then there's a Batman that's in Batman movies. So I think that's pretty funny there, too. But um, no, I, I think it's all going to end up working out. I, I think that Tom Holland best encompassed the whole child-like nature. Like, I like the idea of a child in danger. I know that sounds wrong, but I'm saying that it, it ups the level of, <laughs> of tension with that character. That's how it upped the level of tension when you read it. And it, you know, it'll definitely up the level. Well, that of was that was the it. thing. Is like, it, it's one thing when you're reading Spider-Man comic, and you have to have it. When you're reading the Spider-Man comic, unless you know by prior knowledge that he's only 15 years old, 16 years old in that outfit, you're gonna read the Spider-Man comic as if he's a grown adult because he looks big, he looks tall, he looks like an actual man in that costume. Yeah. But then, and it, that was the thing with Toby and with Andrew Garfield, they sounded like men. They sounded like adults. So when you got to hear Tom Holland in that suit for the very first time, and he's, and he's like, oh, that, it's it's okay, Mr. Stark. I truly love the suit and all that. It's like, wow. Yeah. Wow, if you did not just capture the magic of Spider-Man, I'm a monkey's uncle. Yeah. But another thing, you know, we think all this stuff about like, well, you got to trust Marvel because of what they've done. Into the Spider-Verse was a damn near masterpiece. You're not I wrong. loved that movie, and to be honest, I put a lot of those. I put a lot of the movies I've seen this year up against it, and a lot of them are falling short. The heart that was in that movie, the spectacle, the animation style, um, tremendous. So maybe we should. When maybe we all the Spider-Men were in the same living room, and they were trying to explain to Peter Parker all their origins. All no, not the not the loss. The loss is very big and very heartfelt. But one of my favorite ones was when they were literally all in his living room, and they were just explaining their origins. Yeah. That is magic right there. It's good stuff. That's magic. But yeah, when they were explaining, listen, we all lost somebody. I lost my uncle. It was For me, it was my friend. For me, it was this. It's like, wow. I, 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 don't want it to, I don't want to take the message the wrong way and say that the only way to be a superhero, the only way to be Spider-Man is to lose someone. Because that was my initial takeaway of that scene. Yeah. But when you go back and watch it, because it's on Netflix now, so you get a chance to actually see. because he lost his uncle. So, I mean... Uh, yeah, I guess a lot of super- Batman losing his losing his parents. Spider Man lost his uncle. Like, you, you, I guess I guess you need to to lose somebody to become a hero. Yeah, to experience trauma, in a sense, yeah, and learn how to adapt to it, as opposed to using it as a method. Oh, and of, seeing of, his and uncle and as the prowler and just like Uncle Larry, and his uh, the way his uncle had his face where he's like, oh, no, oh my god, what am I doing? It's like yo, when he put the mask back over him, I thought he was gonna kill him. I thought it was like I can't see your face while I do this. But it was, I'm going to hide your face so that no one else... And then you could just, uh, you're going to get away from me. It's like, wow, that's magic. That's magic. So maybe we should be giving um, Sony more credit. Oh, definitely got to give Sony a little bit more credit. Especially from the start of, uh, the fall of 2018 to now. Because you had, in October, Venom, and then in, what, December, Into the Spider-Verse. They just got to get some of those old heads that have been making the old wrong decisions out. There's people Avi Arad and Amy Pascal can, to me personally, they can... I think Avi Arad can go, because his name is on a lot of crap Spider-Man stuff. And he may be on a lot of good Spider-Man stuff, but if you're on that much of both, you need, you're need you not consistent. If I remember correctly, Avi Arad was the one that had a lot of like backstage politics with Sam Raimi. And then again, with, with Mark Webb. Yeah. Because it's like, he's executive producer... So he's the one that's trying to throw all of his ideas and all of his uh, stuff into yeah, it. So it's sense. like, come on, bro. Like, Garbage. okay, you gave us Spider-Man 1 and 2, but once you made, he made Sam Raimi and all of those actors in Spider-Man 3, hell. Yeah. He wanted 
all of these villains. He wanted this kind of storyline. And it's like, bro, no, 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 no. You did Spider-Man 3 and Amazing Spider-Man 2. You can go to the retirement over there, unemployment line, cash yeah, that they check. Dilu- they diluted it. Terrible. Terrible. So we just need new heads and staff, and maybe the the future of Spider-Man is going bright. But I think just the future of movies and comic book property in general, so, yeah. we, once we get older. As we spoke about all these, they got a bunch of new shows coming out. We have a bunch of new castings coming out. There's definitely The news is not going to stop here. The reviews are not going to stop here. And that's what's most important, that we're going to still be here uh, when push comes to shove as part of the Major Issues co- Podcast with a new episode coming out every single Wednesday. We're closing in on episode 100, so thank you guys for joining us oh, on man. this episode. Oh, what, when's, that's what, like a couple of That's in November. November. Yeah. A couple of months. Two months. Well, two months. I keep, two months, well, a couple yeah. is two, so. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll be doing that in November. Uh, so make sure you're a part of that and make sure you're coming back every single week. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can find all the other previous episodes, the backlog of Comic Book Click, at podbeat.com, at Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found, the Apple Podcast app available on all iDevices, on TuneFind, on YouTube. Um, we're everywhere. But if you want to find us really quickly, just go to Google and type in the Major Issues Podcast, and we're the first ones to pop right up literally the first ones we're doing good on that whole uh what's that called search engine optimization or whatever that's called you know, it's funny. Uh, I, I know i sent it to you earlier but i just want the fans to know like, you know my sister told me today that i should start a podcast <laughs> she just hit just randomly I'm, I'm i'm just using the bathroom and i just get a text message from her saying hey you know how like you're you're such a nerd for comics and books and movies and stuff you should start a podcast it's like you have a natural talent it's man. like yeah, I'm guessing I, I must, we must have this, this natural talent. There's only one way to find out if we have natural talent, though. If these guys who are listening right now could do us one pinty pinty little bit little of a favor, favor just a little and favor. rate and review us on iTunes, because it's the quickest way for not only for us to grow as podcasters, but for us to grow our audience and become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media, as I know we do, because I've been to the future. Um, oh, it's amazing. We, we're getting more and more comments and more and more... Um, interactions on our Facebook and on our Instagram, which also makes me happy because we're reaching fans I saw now that we're giving out world. top fan badges. Yeah, we're giving out, we're top give, fan we're fan giving out top fan badges. badges. Not everyone listening to this podcast. Go to the Facebook, um, uh, go to facebook.com slash comicbookclick, Instagram at comicbookclick, or use the hashtag comicbookclick to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Go to at CBC, uh, at Major Issues CBC on Twitter. Um, look for us wherever social media, uh, any, on any social media device, we're literally on all of it. And if you do, you have a chance of becoming one of our top fans, getting one of those shiny diamonds right next to your name. You be a you top you fan, you could be a top contributor. My knees just are really big today. <laughs> I keep, I'm sorry guys, I keep knocking over this table with my knees. It's fine. I'm pretty tall. Um, yeah, uh, it's, it's the quickest way. Being in touch with us on social media is the quickest way to get updates on everything that we do here. Like, uh, you know, what episodes are going to be coming out, what we got working on as far as what, what what news is coming out. We broke a lot of the news of the stuff that we're talking about on the on our Facebook. So that's the first place to go to find out some of this uh, stuff that's going on. And then we always talk about this stuff on the podcast here. So you can get us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, I feel like I'm missing one. Uh, Instagram? You Not mentioned that. Yeah, okay. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, and you can get us on any podcast device you can find us everywhere be a part of the click and uh or just go sure to youtube we upload our episodes to youtube too if you have a youtube red and you rather use youtube red than any of the podcast apps youtube is perfect yes and like i said i've been to the future and we do become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media but i can't tell you how because it'll mess up the timeline so do me a favor rate and review us 
listen to more episodes, tell a friend to tell a friend, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we'll always be here for you. We'll always be here with the news, we'll always be here with the jokes, we'll always be here with the reviews, because my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I'm Dan, the comic man. And this has been our news edition of the Major Issues Podcast. And remember, whether or not you're not coming back to the MCU, whether or not you are coming back to the MCU, whether you think female comic book characters are brand new and coming out of nowhere, or whether you're just as excited as me to watch this Joker film, remember that we are the clique, and you, yes you, are worthy. <laughs>